Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chekhov's Gun, Jay. I'm joined as always is my co-host, Chekhov's NRA membership, Z. <laughs> How are we doing today, Z? Pretty good, Jack. Oh, we love a good bit of Chekhov's Gun around here. Yeah, we reference Chekhov's Gun a lot. And we reference the various things. I don't know. What's not, I don't. I, I blanked. I know we've said like a Chekhov's whatever some other time. Like Chekhov's yeah, broom handle. Yeah. Just anything. Anything. Chekhov's lightsaber. Chekhov's ham sandwich. Who knows? It was in it was in one of the Marvel shows, maybe. It was a Chekhov something. Oh, that makes was sense. It the, was it Chekhov's boomerang arrow? Yes, that's what it was. Chekhov's boomerang arrow. Indeed. Yeah. So yeah. the way we re- we talk about it, you would think it's like a an absolute like hard and fast rule of storytelling, but that's just something some playwright came up with. Yeah, like a long time ago. Some dead yeah. fuck. Some Russian guy was like, "What if? What if I just shot a gun in on my play?" But I do it. He just he just said that because he liked having guns in his plays. <laughs> yeah, those were real guns. He killed men. Men died on his stage. He's from that era of Russia where they were really, really into dueling, and like every single one of his plays has a duel in it. Sometimes, often just off screen. <laughs> Be like, oh, sisters, my husband was killed in a duel. Well, and now I will go duel the ma- the wife of the man who killed my husband. <laughs> ah, as is tradition. But also, here's the thing about Chekhov's gun. Uh, that's just foreshadowing. That's just what foreshadowing is. Yeah. <laughs> the point of Chekhov's gun is that you can't foreshadow something that you aren't going to use. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it's both, maybe. Maybe it's a little bit of both, but I don't know if it's as much as, like, you can't use something you haven't foreshadowed as much as... It's about like brevity. Yeah, like yeah. don't don't give unnecessary details because exactly. it'll just confuse everybody. Exactly. It's like, well, why was there a gun? Why'd you show me that gun? Yeah. If I weren't gonna shoot anybody. It's about leanness. It's about making your making your story lean and mean and and fast. Brevity is the soul of wit. That's right. Which means sometimes we don't have a lot of wit because we've not been very briefly. <laughs> nope. We're we're a couple of real Chekhovs. A couple of real fucking Chekhovs boys. All right, Jack. Let's get into Season it. Season finale of the Book of Boba Fett this week. Good stuff. I think. Not much of a book, if you think about it. In a way, it was very much a television series. <laughs> very much. Almost exclusively, <laughs> actually. If you really put weird it down. Kind of weird put it like that, but what are you going to do? Yeah, not much. So overall, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, a lot of people were being pretty pretty hard on this episode. Um, I thought it was just fine. Basically, I think a lot of the criticism comes down to the action. Because this episode is mostly action, and so this this episode was also directed by Robert Rodriguez. Right, the, no Danny Trejo, but we did get something else. But yeah, not to jump ahead or anything. I'll finally echo what you were saying. I did enjoy this episode. I gotta say, as like I said, a couple of, uh, episode, I think last episode, episode before that, uh, when the the Mandal- when stopping about Book of Boba Fett, and it was just Mandalorian two point five. It's only kind of three episodes of actual Book of Boba Fett. You know, so yeah, it's that's something, but very, but, you know, it's very strange. But I did like the finale. I think the finale really, you know, I was as just the finale was good. I think as long as that was good and it kind of like a lot of it was very more Boba Fett centered, like you had more stuff. I mean, didn't had stuff, but Boba Fett got a little more of a line share this time around. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it for sure. Yeah, and we got a lot of things right. Well, I think, well, you mostly made these predictions. I think that one came right, but you made a lot of like, I mean, I guess they're in hindsight. Pretty safe predictions, yeah. but you know that's where we're all about here. Safe predictions. Yeah, I didn't. I, we didn't really go off on too big of any any major leap. But yeah, real quick, Robert Rodriguez directed episode one, episode three, and episode seven, which at this point are like you know sort of universally thought of being the less 
great ones. <laughs> so yeah, like unfortunate. <laughs> so and two of those had those fucking mod bikes. So maybe a yeah. trend. <laughs> it, that's kind of what people are saying. I don't. I really don't have nearly as much of a problem with the mod bikes as a lot of people do. I suppose I I would have to agree with the idea that they don't fit Tatooine in particular. I think people who are saying they don't fit Star Wars is being is going a little extreme because they to me they very much fit like Coruscant, right? Like they would fit mm, yeah. in. I think it's the idea that they they're too clean and their bikes are too clean and everything to be on the gross, awful backwater desert plant that is Tatooine. So that I kind of get, but overall, I don't, I don't despise them as much as everyone else. Uh, but yeah, people say that, and like, it seems like generally his sort of directing style and the way he directs action and stuff doesn't translate super well to Star Wars. Um, so I don't know, and I do think there's some of that. Like, the, not all the action in this is incredible or, or anything by any means. No, not at all. And I think part of that comes down to the the volume, which is like it's such a it's such a tough thing because the volume is very cool. And it does seem to allow them to really like push the limits of what you should be able to do with it, the series, this kind of budget, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that the cracks don't ever show. And I, and I, I think they really do. I, I think these shows, you know, being the Mandalorian and this show, um, I don't know, it seems like they show their budget sometimes, honestly. Yeah. And I think it's because like, even compared to say like a Falcon and the Winter Soldier a WandaVision, like any of the Marvel series, it's like it's just that cut above, I think, to to pull off a Star Wars show convincingly. Mm-hmm. Because at least with like WandaVision, right, all of your side characters and background character stuff are just normal people, right? But yeah, there's you, you only need a handful of people to be wacky and have powers. Mm-hmm. In Star Wars, everybody's kind of wacky, so it's just naturally it's always going to be a little a little higher on that. But yeah, let's get it. So let's get into some of the specifics. So we got. We, so got written down early on here. Cobb is dead? Question mark. And I was very upset that that's that's resolved yeah, I mean, a little later. So yeah, it's, obviously before we start spoilers. Yeah. Oh, I get never mind. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was like, all right, and they all showed up. He got him down cold blood. I was like, I was like, wow, shit, he's they, actually just dead. They just got rid of Timothy Oliphant. Oh no, left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. Oh, that would suck. As the sun is hot in the sky, I die. <laughs> but turns out, luckily he's be a, he's not. Uh, a misdirect there, but classic misdirect. Good. So they they post up in the uh, in the, the burned out husk. I guess they're all yeah. just dead. No one survived that, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, we have neither confirmation nor uh, denial now that that Max, Max Reba was safe. Max Reba was part of the carnage, so we could. We don't only, know if he's safe or if he's all right. We can only pray. Yeah. Hope Kathleen Kennedy would spare our boy. I would say Garcifuip is definitely just dead. That, that right? And then, obviously. Oh yeah. So that's unfortunate. She seemed like she maybe had a little more going on than met the eye initially, and now we'll never know. Yeah. Here's the here's the thing about the fi- the explosion. So like it's all burned out like a firewood. Like if you like sit fire, it burned out. But like that explosion seemed like it incinerated everything. So wouldn't just like the whole structure come crumbling down? Because that's a pretty big explosion to like eviscerate everything and burn all the ash yeah i was kind of surprised myself that there wasn't any bodies they were all just vaporized yeah but like all the the plaster walls were still standing yeah that's a good point it's kind of you know what there's like a uh so thermal detonators right mm-hmm. thermal detonators occupy this weird place in star wars because they they can be they're very plot based in in how <laughs> uh how useful they are at any given moment right of course um, like the first time they're introduced is obviously Return of the Jedi, and Leia's got one, and then the C-3PO's like, oh my god, he's got a thermal detonator, and they're worried because it's like gonna vaporize the whole room, right? 
like right, like yeah. that thermal detonator will like level this whole building right now kill everyone in here and then like you know you're in a video game right and the thermal detonator is just basically like a grenade uh, yeah it's just like a sci-fi grenade just like you a, throw. yeah just a hand grenade so it's kind of that thing of like who knows how explosives work in star wars it's about what you need in any given situation well yeah it's it's a it's a thing about like in episode four when they're or in six when they're shooting the death star and those explosions are happening even though there's no air in space to cause explosions like that well, that's just every star wars ever well yeah <laughs> we love having explosions true. in space it's literally led to the theories that there just is oxygen in star wars space or air of some kind yeah some kind of weird low-level atmosphere kind of defies like sense everything so, yeah because it's like are they in a weird bubble at universe are they just in another universe mm-hmm. that, because otherwise force... like why is there sound how come you can hear a tie fighter kind of thing so yeah i agree though it felt a little too, like, clean, honestly, even though it was, like, all burnt out and black. It's like, how is this totally, like, devoid of any debris or, like, again, just charred bodies? Carnage. Yeah, just absolute carnage. Also, I didn't realize this episode that, like, Boba Fett doesn't have, like, any people. There is kind of nobody. Yeah. It, Turns out like, nobody was on his side. And nobody was on his side. And I don't know if this is a point, but, like, I guess you're not supposed to root for the Pikes. But I was like, why don't the Pikes just win? Boba Fett's got like couple, like barely anybody with him. Realistically, even without the like families go- turning on them, mm-hmm. they could probably the Pikes could just fl- ship another couple guys in. Yeah, it kind of feels like there should have been a moment because this whole episode in particular, and th- this is a this is a complaint people have had, is that there kind of seems to be a disconnect between like some of the things Boba Fett says earlier on to like the the place that he ends up here with this show. It's like, what is his ultimate goal, right? And because it mm-hmm. kind of feels like he's arrived at a spot by the end of this where he doesn't really want to be a crime lord at all. He kind of just wants to be like a community leader. He's just like a, he, well, he, he calls himself the daimyo. Yeah. He kind of so just he, wants to be like the new mayor, but like be good. He, he, he honestly seems less occupied with like doing crime and getting rich than he does with just helping people out, which is nice and all, but it's not. It's just kind of confusing uh, a little bit. And I think I think the argument is that I, I do think it makes sense in the context of like if you look at Tatooine, right? If you wanted to be a good guy and like, what's what's the word? Like rehabilitate Tatooine, say, right? Mm-hmm. And make things better for the people living there. What are you going to do, right? Like what power structures do you have to utilize to, to try to help people? On Tatooine, it's just being the crime lord, right? Like that is the yeah, only power structure that's available to you. That's all anybody does around there because it's a weird backwater desert planet. Yeah. So if you look at it from that perspective, if, you, if you're, you know, end, end point is I want to help people. I want to, like, change the, this situation. It kind of makes sense that you would be like, well, I guess I got to kill Bib Fortuna and take his spot. Because that's, like, the only thing that anyone respects. And then from the inside, you can kind of you can kind of fix it, right? Clean it. So, yeah, clean everything out. I don't think it's, like, a massive plot hole that Boba Fett all of a sudden is, like, trying to be a good guy. Because, uh, you know, over the course of this series, if you... And we've been saying this since day one, but, like... If you, especially for the finale here, if you watch the previous six episodes and you still tune to this episode and you're like, why isn't Boba Fett being a jerk? <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. I mean... It's not what he's about anymore. Yeah, that's not what he's about, clearly. Like, that's kind of the whole point. He, his, he's had some, some experiences that have changed his outlook on the world and he doesn't want to just be a killer anymore. So, like, it makes mm. sense that he'd be like, you know, I'm just trying to help people. He's like, you know, fuck it, we don't need spice. What do I need to be rich for, right? Yeah. It is just interesting, but it, it does feel like a bit of a strange thing to have going with what he says to Finnick Shan when they meet 
in episode four in that flashback mm-hmm. based on like his reasoning because he's like nah like i'm just gonna be a crime lord because nobody will get me killed anymore but it's like that's a weird thing to have right after the the tuscans you know it's i don't know it just feels like he's holding on to that, and then they just kind of let that go like it feels like that either shouldn't be in there or that should have played more into it because he's got like a weird a, kind of like a nuanced take mm-hmm. but i mean it's it's like him being community leader because he's with the tuscans he's like actually i like helping a greater whole yeah that's great yeah. and all like that's that's a that's a very coherent arc and that's fine but like that middle part kind of throws a wrench in it because it's after before he kills bib fortuna but after he's with the tuscans mm-hmm. so it's like what where why are you in this spot still maybe the idea is that like he after he almost dies in the sarlacc it, it's like a kind of op- eye-opening moment for him of like boba or jabba or whoever never really cared about me right i was always just mm-hmm. a tool right like they don't they don't care about us and it was kind of an eye-opening moment for him where he realized that's what it's like for most people where he's like oh i was all along i was part of a system right that like took advantage of and like oppressed people all along right mm-hmm. like now i'm now i'm like oh i didn't really like this because it was me but i'll but like you know I've been a accessory to this system the whole time, right? Like, as a bounty hunter, that helps Jabba get what he wants. I was helping Jabba the whole time, kind of thing. It's kind of the same thing with, like, the Mandalorian, right? Like, bounty hunting is a a fuck... (laughs) Kind of a fuck thing to do in Star Wars. Because it's not the government putting out bounties all the time. It's just, like... Anybody. Anybody can pay. Literal crime lord will just be like, Hey, kill this person for me, would ya? And then you just do. Or yeah, you just contact the bounty hunting guild, and it's like I have how much? It's like here's twenty dollars. Can you kill somebody? And they're like mm, probably. Like that guy from the first episode of The Mandalorian. Like was that really a bad guy? What did, like what did that guy do to deserve that? Yeah, didn't he? Isn't he working at the? I thought he did something like yeah, some cool like now. I guess. Yeah, he's like working at the uh, the planet. But yeah, it's just I, I think maybe that's kind of the way you could take it is that he has this eye moment of like yeah they didn't care about me they never cared about anybody right like. I was taking, I was being taken advantage of the, you know, as a bounty hunter, all the smugglers, everyone who ever worked for Jabba, worked under Jabba, they were all just, you know, contributing to his bottom line and he didn't really care. Whereas like now I can take over and I will care about people and try to sort of actually help people out. Mm, yeah, I would see that. Yeah. Um, but so there, there's a, I, I do get what you mean though. He doesn't have a lot of help. <laughs> he hasn't really yeah. built up much goodwill. Got his people spread out. He's got the mods. Chris Ant- the Gamorians and BK hanging out. Um, it feels like an oversight to put BK in the uh, Trend Ocean territory. I have a large <laughs> oversight, especially when you witnessed, very much so when you witnessed firsthand the way he he hate crimed that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he ripped his arm off for no reason, seemingly. Yeah, he just attacked him because he was like, "Oh, these stupid lizard monsters! I hate them so." <laughs> but then again, maybe he made the right choice because BK's uh BK was probably the only one who could have made it out of that situation. <laughs> yeah, alive. So, I mean, speaking of alive, the Gamorreans were not so lucky. No, the Klaatuinians just fuck them up, push them off the edge. Knock, knock them right off a cliff. I've seen a lot of memes being like, oh, how, why did the bikers live when the Gamorreans died? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, we already did it, so I won't do, do it to death. But I don't hate those bikers very much. But even if you do, like, have your problems with the bikers or whatever, surely you can't actually argue that the, the Gamorreans were better characters. The Gamorreans they, don't speak. They're pig monsters <laughs> that grunt in pig noises. They're pigmen. They're not they're like <laughs> the zombie pigmen from Minecraft. They're not, they're not people, barely. Yeah. I mean, the mods are just robot people. So, you know, you can call them lesser, I guess. But that's just kind of weird to value them over on pig monsters, fella. 
It's a little bit of wires crossed. It's barely even clear if those Gamorans are sentient. Yeah, they're like basically <laughs> just like animals, kind of. Honestly, so I don't know if that's. Fair. I mean, it's. I mean, tough on them, right? They were with the boy from from day one, but they were ready, they were rider dies, and I guess they ended up dying. <laughs> I'm not gonna shed any tears for the the pigmen. No, 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 no. I ain't gonna plant a fern for the pig monsters. <laughs> um, not gonna pour one out for the homies. <laughs> yeah, but so when we have Din and Boba's moment, that was pretty. That was pretty cool. I like that moment a lot. Din's like, just like, you know what? I'm with you to the end, my guy. He's like, yeah, you can probably just leave. It's all right. He's like, nah, I'm, I said I would, and I'm going to do it. It's the way. And he's like, you really believe in that fucking shit? It's like, I don't know, Boba. He just said he'd help you out. And you're really going to be like, <laughs> you're really going to help me out? It's like, well, not a good time to question his religion. If <laughs> what if he was you. like, you know what? Second thought? <laughs> you're right. That's a good point. And he jetpacks away. This religion is garbage. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna head out. <laughs> I'm going to go do Mandalore stuff. Um, but yeah, that was a great that was a great line. I mean, that's the, obviously the name of the chapter is in the name of honor, right? Yeah. And uh, he's got more reasons like, all right, then we'll both die for honor. And you're like, holy shit, that's hardcore. And then he hits him with, this is the way. And this I was like, oh, he said it. Because right before I was like, say the line. Come on, Din, say the fucking line. Just further. Yes. That's just like further uh, sort of development for Din and his journey, which is good. Of like, oh, yeah. he's got a, of him coming to learn that the way is kind of the way he finds for himself, right? Yeah. Like, he doesn't need the armor to tell him whether he's being a good person or not. Mm -hmm. right like he doesn't need his cult leader ultimately like it's about you know helping people and and being good in in your own kind of your own path so like that's the way like it's not about fucking keeping your helmet on it's about like helping your friends Mm -hmm. you know the real way is the friends we make along the way made along the way yeah the the book was really just the friends we made along the way indeed so he's like you know what i'm sticking with you boba and then we get the the major domo guy he's pretty good yeah that's a fun i like him and it turns out to be a big diversion, and that's that's probably the coolest action sequence of the whole thing is the two of them flying around, use, utilizing all the gadgets. Oh yeah, I really like that. And they're just like on their jetpacks. Why doesn't they? Why don't they get shot? Why doesn't Boba Fett get shot in the legs more? Or Din? Yeah. Well, Din's got kind of got leg armor. He does have bit. like thigh. Yeah, Boba Fett. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Boba Fett doesn't even have those. The more I look at the Mandalorians, I realize how not. I've really always think their armor is like more encompassing and like bigger but it really doesn't cover no. a whole lot no, no, it's, it's just like a, a lot it's of a chest thing and like two arm things it's like well he got a lot of arm left there fella well Django fett had the most armor of any of these guys so you gotta give him that um because Django had armor and he had like shin like greaves that neither of these guys have no yeah you're totally right and like the thing about people pointed out with bobas it's so they got those gaps like oh yeah, it's like, just uncovered the uncovered gaps between the plates. There's no reason a blaster bolt couldn't get right in there and get you still. Yeah, just get your like separate your armor some way. Yeah. Just really screw you up big time. Yeah. Now they those things they must also be magnetized or something. <laughs> whenever they're in fights, they are always are only getting shot in their in their uh, armor, in their helmets is, or their chests, which is very convenient. Infinitely convenient, actually. It's it's so surprising. Yeah, it's it's almost a bit it's a bit of a crutch at this point, I would argue. Yeah. <laughs> just scene yeah, after it. scene of them just like running headlong into blaster fire and just but they're okay because it just all pings right off their armor. But it's a good scene nonetheless. They're both flying around, which is really sick. They're using the whistling birds, they're using the flamethrower, they're using the, the knee, knee rocket. Oh yeah. Love the knee darts. Oh yeah. Um, I was hoping we'd whip bring out some whip cord. The whip cord doesn't get any use this season, but that's all right. So I've saved for season three. There's tons of whipcord scenes coming up. <laughs> That'd be cool. But yeah, they're using the blasters. Boba Fett pulls out his his sidearm there, which he hasn't used yet this season, so that's cool. 
Um, they're just tearing it up. They're just having a good time. Oh, yeah. I was worried that Din was not going to use his lightsaber, but then he breaks it out. Oh, he's, he's using a ton. Yeah, he gets he gets right down to work with it. Well, so let's I guess let's talk about that. So Grogu Grogu's thing is resolved. He just picked the he picked the chain mail and he rolls up. I when the when that ship was coming, I was like, is that gonna be Luke <laughs> and Grogu? No way, Luke. And I was like, oh, it's just Grogu. That makes a lot more sense that R two can just fly the ship all the way there. Yeah, I totally imagine that like Luke was like angrily like, fine, you know what? You can go right, then. get that get out of here. Fine, just go. I don't I even do, care. I do drive him home. I don't, I'm not even gonna look at it. <laughs> And then, but then he's alone on an entire planet. He's the only human on the entire planet. <laughs> just, he's the only sentient to talk to. He's like, well, I got no one else to talk to. Just him and all those those androids building his house. He's like, well, no wonder he doesn't do a good job. <laughs> he's yeah. those Jedi. He probably goes mad before he even gets to. He's just talking to R two all the time. But yeah, Din roll, uh, Grogu rolls up. He's got his armor on. R two presumably just fucks off. He's like, all right, I'm done here. Later. I've done all I can do. And then, uh, yeah. So then when they're reunited, I feel like that's when Din's proficiency with the uh, Darksaber goes up a little because he's got something to, something something to, to protect in there and everything. So he can like swing it around yeah. good again. It's not all heavy for him, I guess, which he's, is good. He's, pretty, he's swinging around pretty well. Yeah. I, I did like that scene when uh, they're the, what's her, the lady, I never remember her Pelly. name. Pelly. It's like, Mando! I got this thing. Also, why would logistically why would Grogu be under a blanket? You know, he's a he's a he's a living thing. Except for the like, he's here, Mando. Yeah. You didn't see him before. But like, why would you keep him out? Be of like the putting sun. a yeah. But use a little. There's a little thing over the thing over the. Yeah, it'd be like if I was like, all right, baby, I've trapped you in blanket. Have fun with that. It's like, well, why would you do that? But no, I get why. But I think we jumped ahead a little bit. We didn't talk about the Cad Bane stuff at the beginning of the episode. So it's the initial Cad Bane meeting. And he's yeah. trying to goad Boba Fett into a fight because he thinks he can beat Boba Fett in a gunfight. He's probably right. I, that was a cool scene. I like how they reference the don't they, don't they reference the dent directly in his head or something? They reference that un, unreleased Clone Witch footage, right? I I thought they did. I don't think they re, they reference it until the later conversation. The yeah. Oh, okay. I knew they referenced it, but I can't remember when. But I did like that. I thought Boba Fett's uh, not Boba Fett. It's like maybe I was just like, maybe I thought Cad Bane sound a little bit better. Maybe yeah. that's just me. I, I got Cad Bane a little down here, but we can just jump into it. So I, uh, I, I mean, it's growing on me a little bit appearance wise. But yeah, I think my complaints really more so than just like the whole he doesn't look totally right and his face proportions are a little off. That's honestly whatever. For me, it really actually does come down to the honestly, like the performance of him. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like and I think part of this is the limitations of the prosthetic, ironically enough, because I feel like the big justification for doing it like this instead of using a more rigid prosthetic or potentially even doing CG is to preserve the actual like actors performances under it. Right. But it mm -hmm. seems like the prosthetic is such that he basically has two options. He can either have this like half open mouth, like toothy snarl, or if he wants to close his mouth, it's like, it seems like a real effort. And then it's like this, like really like uh upturned kind of scowl <laughs> that he's got going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a disservice to like, the character and like I, I mean of course with all this stuff as we've been saying you can just always use the whole well he's 30 years older so i guess he's different which i guess is fine but to me that's not really what cad bane's like like we talked about it last week and it's just it definitely just continues into this week is that he's just constantly angry and yeah. it just doesn't really serve him as a character i think the whole point of cad bane is that he's like this smooth talking gunslinger and he's like incredibly arrogant right He's like, yeah. he's like the best gunslinger or the best bounty hunter maybe ever. 
and he knows it, right? A lot of his scenes in the other stuff has is is that kind of attitude. Like if you compare how he's acting in the the first meeting between him and Cobb Vanth versus how he's acting in the meeting between him and Hunter in the Bad Batch, right? And this one he's all angry and he seems real pissed off the whole time. And then in the Bad Batch, he's just like, Hunter, just give me just give me Omega, why don't you? He's like, buddy, listen, I've killed a lot of clones. I'll kill you too. <laughs> Doesn't, uh, let's not make, let's make it easier on everybody. He's like, I'm gonna go. He's like, somebody po- pointed out on, uh, I say this tweet because I really like the wording of it. Um, this person said, because they, they had a comment where they said like the whole blah 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 animation is stylized blah 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 which we kind of refuted last week but whatever and they say what's actually wrong with live action cad bane is how angry he looks the whole time cad bane is supposed to be the walking embodiment of confidence he should almost look bored most of the time and that to me is like the perfect mm-hmm. representation yeah, yeah that i couldn't really put into words myself but like yeah he's just so confident and like casual the whole time he honestly does look bored most of the time like he just couldn't care um yeah. no one could really stop him he's just like i better than everybody here yeah exactly he's got that like thin that real thin mouth little like you know and he's joking and stuff which he doesn't really do at all in this show um he's just got that cat that toothpick that he's always casually chewing on like he's he's honestly kind of unbothered for most of it but Mm -hmm. in this he seems a lot more invested and like yeah kind of angry and again maybe it's because he's old and ornery or whatever but it feels like a significant enough departure from the character that i don't find it as interesting right and we talked about yeah. it, but all those people are like, oh, he's like scary in this. And I was like, I don't really need Cad Bane to be scary. That's not a thing that I was like you yeah. know, worried about. Right? Also, like, you were sending me some tweets off pod where somebody's like, he's just like horrifying. It's like, guys, we're all adults here. Like, not to be this guy, but he's a blue prosthetic man with big red eyes. Yeah. He's not that. He's dressed like a cowboy in a place with laser swords. He's not that scary. You're an adult. Yeah, again, I think I said this last week. He's not horrifying in the sense that he's like a monster, a terrifying, spooky monster man. He's scary in like in the in the context of the story in that you're like, holy shit, he's going to kill. He's going to kill uh, Cobb Vanth, right? I know that Cad Bane is like the most is like the best gunslinger ever in a one to one fight. He's probably going to kill Cobb Vanth right now. That's not good because I like Cobb Vanth. But you're not literally like I'm scared of this guy because he's a spooky yeah. monster. Like yeah, that's Ooh, he's a Lovecraftian horror, especially in Star Wars. Like there's there's scarier dudes than him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this, any of the Sith, maybe. Like they're supposed to be scary mm-hmm. like that. But that all being said, I think that the yeah the actual story stuff with him this episode was excellent. They they called back to that Clone Wars stuff way more than I was actually expecting. Right? Mm-hmm. I said la- we said last week I was hoping for like a throwaway like ah it's been a long time Boba. But we got all that and more, right? They directly reference that they directly reference that he was like his teacher that he taught him, right? They literally he they references uh you know like I was a little boy back then. They and they obviously directly call back to the fact that back then they had the the duel and Cad Bane was faster or they were like you know just about tied kind of thing, right? Yeah, all of which very cool. I really didn't expect to get that much of it, but I would say definitely the the those story things. Definitely justify Cad Bane's appearance in this show, right? Definitely. Like, he he definitely serves an important story role as being this mentor to Boba Fett and, like, this sort of connection to his bounty hunting past, right? Because Cad Bane clearly represents, like, the the type of person Boba Fett used to be, right? Or could mm-hmm. be, you know, under different circumstances. Cause, and that's obviously, I mean, he directly says that with the dialogue, right? He's like, you're, you're a killer, you're like me, you know? You're a killer, I'm a killer, we're always going to be killers kind of thing. And obviously, Boba's journey this season has been to kind of move away from that, which is cool. 
He's yeah, good. He's at growth. He's like a good guy nowadays. And he's like, you it's know what? Character growth. I don't want to. I don't want to be a killer. I'm gonna be a mayor. <laughs> be a sick a daimyo. A real, good, real uh, Japanese feudalism on this bitch. Yeah, they do the thing that uh, we talked about last week that people were throwing around that like maybe he wouldn't beat him in a gunfight, but he beat him with the gaffy stick. Yeah, the symbol oh, yeah. of his uh, his found family, right? Like that would yeah. serve him better than his bounty hunting past was the you know friendship and the, the friends he made along the way. It was really the friends he made along the way that that carried him to victory. Isn't that what Star Wars is about? In a sense, very much mirrored that a uh, blank black chrysanthemum fight where he tries to. I mean, this one he has all his armor on already, but like he tries to use it and he's just outmatched. But uh, Kevin just outmatches him with all because he has mm-hmm. it all. Didn't Jango Fett give him Mandalorian stuff? Is that why he's so good at fighting Jedi's? Because he has like flamethrowers and stuff like they do to counter him who Cad bane doesn't he have a lot of like well, Cad bane has Ed. like he has two gauntlets of his own that have like right yeah flamethrower and stuff so he's got the same kind of stuff so he kind of outmatched there so he mm-hmm. you know, switches it up beats he him in a different game exactly when fucking kills him so that's the question jack do we think he's definitively dead uh, i thought he was because he got stabbed in the chest and you know that's pretty fatal to most things yeah i think so people are like he's alive because that little robot and the little thing i'm like a little beeping yeah yeah this, I don't. I guess I don't know how how much more is Kevin going to show up post Return of the Jedi. That's that's exactly how I feel, Jack. I, not that like you can't do more stuff with Cad Bane, but to me, yeah. Do we need to do much more with seventy-two-year-old Cad Bane? Yeah. Why don't we just do starting of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, Cad Bane? That'd be there's, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a there's a chance that he'll be in the Bad Batch again, and. You know, I don't know. Honestly, at this point, really fingers crossed that they're going to do something with that actual Boba Fett storyline. Maybe Honestly, oh, maybe yeah. they'll just get around to finally finishing some of those Clone Wars episodes. I don't know how feasible that is or like how uh, how likely that is to ever happen at this point. But mm-hmm. be cool if they went back and finished some of the rest of them like they did with the those other ones. But I don't know. But in like, yeah, you said the the there's about 20 years where we don't know what Cad Bane was up to. But yeah, I don't know if we need like real old man Cad Bane anymore. Like what what service is he gonna do? Is he gonna is he gonna go work for for Grand Ambathron next and be involved in that mm. stuff? Like it's probably not strictly necessary, but right, yeah. I do think though that that the red light, blinky light, is there as like a uh, not necessarily like a direct like oh he is he's definitely not dead, but I feel like it's kind of there for like d- like plausible sort of deniability, so that in the future if he does come back and be like well the blink the the light was blinking the whole time guys didn't you know. <laughs> And be like, ah, my blinky light saving me once again. <laughs> Good old blinky. <laughs> Thank you. What's this little robot called? I swear to God, I knew until just now. Until you asked me, and then it voided from um, my mind. Always how it goes, huh? He's, Some Star Wars fan you are. He's Yeah, his little Seth Green robot. Yeah, whatever his face is. Whatever. In any case, you know, stress about it. I won't, I'll just take off some points from you. Some Mac Attack points. His name is Toto3- 360. Toto316. 360. Whatever. 360. Like I'm circle. not gonna remember. He's pretty fun. He's a cool little guy. I like him. He's all, he's all sassy. Yeah, he's sassy. Yeah. He's Seth Green. Yeah, good on him. Good on him. Yeah, maybe Toto rolls up and fixes him. He's like, oh my god, you're dying. You are you have a sucking chest wound, Cad Bane. He's like, <gasps> help me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's then, like, he, he breathes in like, there's, it's like a weird like robot sound because of his voice modulator. It's a weird modulated grass yes. yeah. oh my god oh my god i'm fucking dying i can't got dying fucking moss pelgo Asla- isley where are they aspa aspa good Fuck. try oh for three, all the other ones <laughs> Fuck. damn um, 
Well, Fennec has some great moments this episode, I think, personally. I kind of like, she hasn't had much character, like, growth, but, like, yeah, I think that's fine. I don't know, you know. There's obviously, if they want to do another season of this or something, she could always have her own sort of more in-depth storyline, but I, I do I do think it's almost kind of funny that this whole season, she's been like, Boba Fett, can I just kill everyone? Like, will you just let me kill them? And he's like, nah, we gotta do things the right way, Fennec. <laughs> and she's just like, Boba Fett, I really feel like it'd be easier if we just killed all these people. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. And then, like, at the finale, he's like, alright, Fennec, you gotta go assassinate all of them. <laughs> <laughs> go start killing people. And she just has, that scene where she just goes on an absolute rampage is kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's kind of, I guess it makes sense that it goes to her and not Boba Fett, because Boba Fett then, he gets to have his, like, spiritual, uh, I've, I've, I've risen above this now, right? And then Fennec, I send other people to kill others. <laughs> and then Fennec just just slaughters a room full of, of important men. And I was like, that's that's great. Boba Fett's like, I've done it. No harm was done. <laughs> I sent my assassin to do my work, like a true crime lord. I sent my master assassin to kill all those fucking guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it, dude. She she hangs that mare. She she gets that four throat guy good. Man. <laughs> she hangs him, and like she snipes all the rest of them. She stabs the head of the Pike Syndicate, and she just then she just leaves like right quick. She's like, all right, that I thought that was great. Honestly, I was like, yeah, get them all, Fennec. You yeah. you were right all along. <laughs> he should have never had just... that Godfather esque meeting. He should have just killed them all where they stood. Oh yeah, get gotten fucking rid of them. Um, and then. I guess let's get into the rancor, Jack. Well, let's do, well, hold on. Before the rancor, we gotta do what you gotta get the um the robots, the oh, droidicas. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. The big uh the big droidica things. I think uh, that was really grating on me until the rancor showed up. Yeah, because they just kept shooting them. Yeah, stop shooting them. It it didn't work the first a thousand times you unloaded the lasers into them. What would you think the next a thousand would work? And then Din's like. Oh, jeez, I can't use my lightsaber. It won't work. And then he keeps shooting it. Why? <laughs> Are you stupid, Din? Yeah. Like, I uh, I do kind of agree. It got a little old. Just like the chase through the city. Shoot them more. Chase through the city. Shoot them more. Like, especially because I thought they were going to play off some the idea that um in the in the Clone Wars is established that those Jordica, the Jordica shields, obviously those are like, you know, bigger, but it's the same kind of concept you would imagine. Mm-hmm. The point of them is that um they're they're based on speed, so if you're going slow enough, you can pass through them. And I thought they were going to utilize that kind of like a dune thing, you know? Yeah, it's the same with the it's the same principle that the dune shields work on, but that never really comes up. I thought I thought Dune was going to have a moment where he's like, oh, if I slowly pass my lightsaber through it, I can get through. Uh, but no, he just keeps whacking it. And it's like, Bobo, they, our weapons are too fast. <laughs> we're too fast. Our like, kinetics are too quick, and the energy weapons aren't strong enough for some yeah. some such. So Bobo, it's like, hold on. I've got a I've got a Chekhov's rancor waiting in the wings. <laughs> exactly, he's got his Chekhov's rancor. So, Jack, were you disappointed by the idea that the that he rid the rancor without training on screen to ride the rancor? A little bit. I not gonna lie, because I said I mentioned that last week. I was like, he they haven't talked about it ever again since Danny Trejo was like, I could teach you how to do it. It wasn't in the episode. <laughs> but it's on a poster. It'll take a lot of time and dedication, Boba Fett. And Boba Fett's like, all right, cool. What if I didn't? <laughs> it's like a, a week. I can do it. Okay, cool. cool. If, I, if I come down here like two more times to, to let him know, will, will I be able to ride him in battle with great precision? <laughs> um, but he yeah. does. He does anyways, Jack. That's the kind of guy Boba Fett is. He doesn't play by your oh. rules, Jack. You're right. He plays by his own rules. Where he won't kill anybody, but he'll send someone else to do it he'll for send him. The, he'll send the greatest assassin who ever lived to kill a room full of people. Because that's character growth, Jack. <laughs> 
he's he's no longer the one standing in silence and nodding and doing the work. He's now the guy who points. Jack, I don't have to kill you, but I won't I won't save you either. Yeah, so I'll that makes me condemn you to guy? death. <laughs> that makes me think I'm morally just because I didn't pull the trigger, but I I let it. Like I I gave the order. I brought <laughs> I brought you to this ledge, and it is I who shall not bring you off of it. But I didn't kill you; the ground did. Yeah, the, the ground simply killed you. It, guns people guns don't kill people. It's actually the bullets that kills you. It's like Boba, come on. Yeah, I guess the conductor didn't hit... I guess the trolley driver isn't responsible, but the trolley still killed all those people. Blaster bolts don't kill people. Or, uh, blasters don't kill people. It's the plasma bolts that are fired from them by my greatest assassin. <laughs> or the rope that she uses to hang the mayor. Uh, now he's gonna uh, have to pants, pass some good old anti-rope legislation. <laughs> most at, in most uh, USPA. He's gonna p- pass some anti-rancor legislation. So no one else can get a Rancor. But that Rancor is pretty effective, huh? He's a helpful... Oh, it's supremely. He's a giant monster. He's real good. He's wearing armor, too? Yeah, he's... Yeah, I like that. They put armor on him. That makes sense. No reason I'm not just ride him out there totally bare. Grogu gets some... Gets some likes in, doesn't he? Oh, he... He cobs him down. He goes, hey, buddy. He rips that bolt out. Makes him vulnerable to a good old lightsabering. I mean, there's... Oh, there's, there's few things that can stand up to a good old lightsabering, is there? Except for Beskar. Yeah. Mm, Beskar. Yeah, the, the the Rancor, he does good. And then Cad Bane knocks him off and he goes on a bit of a, Kong, a King Kong, doesn't he? He does do King Kong. And then I, what I thought was funny when Din's like, I'll stop him. And he zooms up like Superman. And then Rancor grabs him, throws him into a building, and then punches him through that building. And it's like, God, how are your bones not broken, Din? <laughs> he gets onto him for a second. I'm like, oh, is he going to tame it? That'd be This will be a cool moment. This will be like symbolic for Din taming the beast and, and this and that. And foreshadowing then, for the mythosaur maybe but nah the <laughs> rancor just rips him off and throws him at the ground <laughs> there's a, and then he's like actually i'm gonna punch him too and just full-on rancor punches the shit out of him and then din's like actually i got no broken bones <laughs> i'm unharmed he tried to eat him he tried to bite his he head did, right off oh yeah he did try to eat him too bad cad bane got eaten by that rancor that's what we were hoping for yeah, that would have been fun be like cad bane i'll defeat you with the ancient weapon of my peoples the rancor Chomp. And that's it. Just easy peasy. Then he goes, wow, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, you, you, not so fucking quick now, are you, Cad Bane? I mean, you... F- yeah, go on a... Oh, yeah, how are you gonna draw in Force Hell, you fuck? <laughs> are you gonna... Are you gonna quick draw it on there, you dick? <laughs> uh, but then Grogu c- calms down the beast. Twas beauty that kills the beast, Jack. Twas the weird puppet green the man. The weird little green frog puppet that uh, tames the beast. That's cute. Yeah. And then he was like, I'm real tired. I'm going to sleep next to him. He takes a big nap. He takes a big nap next to the big beast. Very good. That's very good. Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Little napping Rancor with a little napping Grogu. Come on. Little little chibi versions? Uh, It'd sell billions. Where is it? I'll I'll, I'd I'd probably take one, frankly. I'll have a sleeping Rancor. Come on. Let's all have a sleeping Rancor. He climbs the building and everything just like King Kong. The only thing that that was was that was missing was like an X-Wing-esque biplane. Flutter around, be like, hey, get and at the end of the episode, there's that concept where he's holding a Twilight woman. Yeah, I did see that. That was funny. I like that. So, what else? We got that's pretty much it towards the end. But with that's walking around with his master assassin being like, now ah, everybody yes. likes us. We've done it. We've done it. I got a fruit now, which is like a fruit Wookiee man. Black Chrysanthemum gets a fruit. I yeah, guess that's, he's they're like, just buddies now. He's, he'll just they're all just out. friends. They're all just good friends. That's yeah. that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Just the friends he made along the way. And uh, he's like, I'm just going to be mayor, I think. 
I'm not going to do crimes. I think I'll just lead these people. Yeah, I'm not going to go to Mandalore with Din. Sorry, Din, no Mandalore. Maybe you will. It probably will. Maybe I'll just call him. He'll be like, hey, hey, Boba, I did you a favor. Could you help me conquer Mandalore? And I'll be like, you know what? Be there in a a jiff. Be there in a hot. I'll come in my slave one, and it'll be the first time they ever say it. I'll come in my. I'll be there in a minute at my fire spray starship. Patent pending. (laughs) Trademark. (laughs) Reserved. Then he's driving his son around, and his son's like, "Dad, go faster! Very do good. the thing, Dad." I mean, that's very fun, is it not? Yeah, I like. That's I like. Uh, I saw some tweet about it when it's like, "Well, Grogu had to learn that that's what would trigger it." So clearly, that he's done it a couple times yeah. for fun. I know he was like, "Do it again! Do it again! Do it again!" Just tap, 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 <laughs> tap, tap, tap. <laughs> very cute. I saw one meme video of it where every time he taps, the glass starts to break a little bit more. And then when he punches it, the glass breaks and he flies off into space. Oh, no. Not oh, no. He's gone. Oh, no. Uh, but yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, I guess that's good on him. Why Why shouldn't the last scene of the episode be a, a scene with uh, Din and Grogu and not Boba Fett, huh? Yeah, why not? I mean, at this point, who gives a shit? Who's counting? Not me. I've given up. So let's get into that to wrap up here. I agree. Well, actually, real quick though, do you want to? Uh, Cobb Vanth isn't actually dead. He was in the back right. He's going to be a robot. They're going to give he's him gonna a, robot be a robot arm. Cobb. I hope they don't cut off his arm and give him a robot arm. I don't. That'd I be hope not either. I hope they don't make him too robot-y. It seems doesn't seem like the vibe he's looking for. I hope because I just wanted. To, why doesn't he just have like a? I hope he gets like a Luke hand where it looks like a hand, but it's robots. Yeah. I honestly didn't think he, I was really kind of surprised because you know a shoulder a shoulder shit like that in Star Wars is honestly the type of of wound that you can just totally brush off for you know narrative purposes, right? Like in real life, that would damage you horribly. Oh but, yeah, you know, I mean you'd need immediate medical treatment or you'd bleed out right there. But in Star yeah, Wars, that's, that's the type boring. of shot where you're like, eh, I'm all right, grazed it off. Yeah, just kind of caught me slipping. I'll I mean, keep on the up. Leia, Leia gets shot in the shoulder in Return of the Jedi, and then, like, that night at the Ewok celebration, she's not, like, nursing it. She's just like, hey, here we are, we're dancing, having a good time. We're dancing. Okay. My dad, the pirate and my father. Woo! My brother killed my dad, maybe. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I'll never forgive him. Woo! He was a Nazi. Woo! <laughs> Space Nazis. He was Woo! the worst man I've ever known. Woo! He killed my entire people. And then, uh, but in this one, it's like, he was really down for the count from that shoulder wound. You know, this isn't really evidenced in, like, any of the actual on-screen material, but in the one book, in, in one of those certain point of view chapters, those those books I'm so fond of referencing, the one this guy describes blaster wounds as being, like, honestly horrific. Like, they have this potential to just be, like, way, way more gruesome than we see on screen, where, like, if they hit your bone, they, like, flash boil the marrow, and it, like, explodes. Oh, oh my and, god. Like, your bones just explode. So, like, maybe that happened to him. Maybe a shoulder... It hit his like his shoulder bone and it just exploded into his body and ruined. Full shrapnel. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean that would certainly require some some medical attention and some maintenance. Yeah. So one one thing before I up here, I think they did that thing that Star Wars loves to do, where they just have a character say an absolutely nonsense piece of dialogue. What was this? And one? The dialogue uh, when Cad Bane's like, "Isn't that the oh. con, the shitto slimy, whatever the fuck he says?" I was like. I like Star Wars and all. That's my least favorite part. I'm like, I hate when they say shit like yeah, that. But it's the ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs, Jack. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, you can sure write this shit, George, but, you know, you can't fucking say it, can you? See, Jack, <laughs> this shows how much of a Star Wars fan you are, though. That is a line of dialogue from The Mandalorian Season 2. Yeah, I know, I saw it. I didn't, I didn't remember it. I don't like it then, either. Mm. I, mm. It's what do you want to say, Jack? 
Should he not? Should that. he have just said, "Isn't that the pot calling the kettle black?" Is that what you wanted the man to say? They're in Star Wars, Jack. They don't have kettles, probably. <laughs> they have. They definitely have like some kind of pots. They were making the food in that building. There were those chef robots. Shush. Huh? What are they cooking in? Oh, what do you know? Not pots? Huh? What do you know? I know plenty. I know a damn thing. That is, you didn't know what that robot that was with Ked Bane was called, Mister One Percent Star Wars fan. So yeah, I do. What kind of Star Wars fan are you? When I edit out the part that. When you edit it, oh, very funny. We're doing jokes now. When I edit out the part of me not remembering, and I, it just says, "You just issued the motor Zach." What's that robot called? And I just, I just say it immediately. The fans will disagree. The fans, you're making a lot of suggestions here. <laughs> a that you're going to edit, and B that we have enough fans that are going to be like, "Oh yeah, Zach's that that are against us." <laughs> well, a man can dream. Hmm? They should. If we though. don't have that, what, what do, we do we have? Nothing, and that's that's all right. <laughs> I think is that all right? Yeah, it's good enough. Right. What are you going to do? But so, yeah, let's get into the kind of overall thoughts of this show. So the the kind of ultimate question I have for you, Jake, and we went on this last week, and I, I decided to save this in the back pocket, is we've had all this speculation as to whether or not the show was originally supposed to be a Boba Fett show, or maybe it was just like a, a season three of The Mandalorian in disguise. It's just it's just a, a Mandalorian wearing a, wearing a Boba Fett hat. Jack, ultimately, do you think this show... Would have worked better as the Book of Boba Fett, or if it was just called The Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, the Mandalorian Season 3, for sure. I kind of agree, ultimately, because I think you call it that, and then it's more of like a, hell, wow, it's it's really cool how much they fleshed out Boba Fett, and he got like an extensive side, you know, plot. Yeah, a little arc. You know, we, we focused on him more, because ultimately, right, despite all the jokes, Boba Fett obviously does still get the majority of the, the plot in this show. Like, don't, don't get a tweet. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, and I think we we talked about this. I feel like the best option would have been to literally just combine them. It seems so like simple in retrospect, but literally just call it like the Mandalorian colon the Book of Boba Fett or something. Mm-hmm. And then I feel exactly. like that's just that just covers all your bases because then nobody can like get bothered by having too much Boba Fett or too much Din or not enough Boba Fett or not enough Din because you kind of set the expectations up top. But this is like. It's, it, it, it bloomed out into something crazy here. It doesn't really seem right. And honestly, until, until we get direct confirmation otherwise, I really do... I'm going to go with our little conspiracy theory that this was always meant to be the Mandalorian and then they just had to like change for marketing purposes. Because honestly, nothing else makes too much sense for me. And you sent me that... Uh, I think, didn't Kathleen Kennedy tell me about that? Yeah, yeah. So, very end of... Or either very beginning of 20... 21 or very end of 2020 she said that like the next chapter of the mandalorian is coming out and in you know fall of 2021 which is obviously when this show premiered so it kind of supports that idea that like this was an and that i think that's why when the book of both it was first announced people were like ah this must be like the name subtitle cool whatever for the next season of the mandalorian and it obviously you know ended up apparently not being that but that's kind of where that theory came from and I think it still probably has some some merit, honestly. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And then that Twitter thread went on to do this big, long analysis that I didn't agree with. Yeah. About how Boba Fett drew all these characters together, which he really didn't. Yeah, they're, they're pretty tenuous, honestly. This idea that, like, of course it makes perfect sense that Ahsoka's in this show. Because Ahsoka is in one of the same episodes of The Clone Wars as Boba Fett. Didn't you know that? And it's like, yeah, is that, is that really enough? Did they talk to each other? Did they have a philosophical conversation? Oh, they didn't. Oh, they don't know each other. Oh, okay. Because, and I, I guess let, let me get your let me get your thoughts on this, Jack. Do you think that Boba F- or uh, 
Grogu and Din being reunited. Do you think that was that happened too quickly? I th- I definitely think it did. I 100% think it did. I really was expecting it to be like a whole season without Grogu. But in a sense, in a sense, Jack, hasn't it been a whole season without Grogu? No, actually, technically no. Why not? Well, I guess technically it's not been a whole Mandalorian season, but I get what you're saying. Actually, no, it hasn't even been a whole season because it was four episodes. What if this was the Mandalorian, though? Then definitely too quickly. If this was called the Mandalorian season three, would it still feel too quick? Yeah, because I w- what I expected was that Grogu would come after Din had had a lot of growth on his own. Like they'd both grow separately and then come back together and be like, "All right, now we're chill. We got everything figured out." Well, not everything figured out, but for the most part, I, that's that's what I thought. I, I remember I could this because I thought Grogu would just stay a Jedi, just to stay away from Din, and you have to figure out Mandalore on his own, and then Grogu would show up or start to figure out Mandalore because you know he's got all those like mixed feelings about all that stuff, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. Like, I'm like, hey, Grogu should have been gone. Cause, I mean, I like Grogu. I like when Dins with Grogu. It's fun. It's just, he's just being a dad. And that's fun. But I just, I definitely did think it was gonna be like season three is not gonna be in it, and then season four he'll be back. Like, there'd just be like a break. I guess it depends how you how you understand their relationship, right? Because yeah. I definitely get what you mean. Of like, it would have been cool to see him being, you know, working on his own and being a good person on his own and stuff without Grogu. But clearly the route that they went, and this is a, a you know a thing that people theorize as well, is without Grogu he was aimless, right? Without his son being a positive influence on his life like that and, and guiding him back towards him and making him want to strive to be a better person, he was just going back to what he knew, which was just being a violent bounty hunter, right? It was a thing he had mm-hmm. largely moved away from. But the first time we see him after Grogu leaves, the first thing he's got he's gotten right back up to is just being a bounty hunter again, right? And literally hacking yeah, people yeah. apart with the the symbol of his planet's leadership, right? Like he's not he's not really in a great place. And so, you know, I do get that. It, it definitely kind of depends on which way you want them to take the story, because they could have done like the well, Bo, uh, Din grows and he evolves and he gets to a better place without Grogu. And clearly, this one they wanted to do more so of like without Grogu, he's aimless. Grogu is his his guiding compass. So now that Grogu's back, he can get back to being like good. And now he's going to strive to actually achieve his destiny that he didn't really care about before, right? So mm-hmm. I definitely see it both ways. I don't honestly. I'm not gonna. Lie, I really don't mind much. I guess overall, I would rather have Grogu be in it more with Din, so, like, may as well, right? This way we get them all season three all together, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, I, I do see, yeah, I, I mean, like, even though I said all that, I honestly, I, it's not like, I'm like, I'm not gonna enjoy Mandalorian season three, because Grogu shouldn't be here. Just like, I'm fine Grogu's here, because just, just as good if he's, like, I don't I think it'll work either way. It's just something I just didn't think would happen. It's just kind of where I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely... I mean, I'm definitely with you. Like, I would have thought... My, my, my thought was very similar, was that, like, he probably would be absent for at least a whole season. And again, it uh, obviously our whole... Uh, contingent on our whole little conspiracy there. He was gone for most of this season, right? Like, they weren't actually reunited until the last episode. So, like, there's that. Right, yeah. But yeah, I think ultimately... I, I do think it was a little... It was a little extreme. Anyone who thought that they were actually going to be separate for, like, years and years. Because, like, well, I mean, come on. They kind of know what they've got here. The two of them... It's their story, essentially, right? Like, mm-hmm. Grogu is yeah. probably as essential to the story as Din. To say that you're just going to have Din, him not be present in the story for, like, two or three whole seasons is probably not on target. And also, you know, cuteness. Like, he's he's kind of essential to, like, to the whole dynamic of we got the gruff, mean bounty hunter, but then we got this cute little, like, lovable guy. If he's just gone, Din's just, like, a murderer. <laughs> he's just, like, a faceless murderer for a while again. So, 
And he, again, he's got nothing. He's got no guiding principles. He's got no like goal to strive for. He's like, I guess I'll be Mandalore, but who cares? And people point out like that could be why part of the reason he was like in that mindset at, in this episode of like, ah, I guess I'll just die. I'll I'm, I'll die with you right here, Boa Fett. I don't care because <laughs> it's like he, he kind of yeah. lost everything. He's like, yeah, I don't see my son probably ever again, so I might as well just fucking might as well go out guns blazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, I, I like the idea that they're just back and I'm. I don't mind. A lot of people are like, oh, now it takes all of the punch away. I went and watched the season two finale, and I just couldn't even care. All the emotional impact is gone. It's like, is it really though? Oh, no. Oh, no. I can't believe it. The ending of the fucking season of a show is undone by the continuation of the story. I can't believe they undid all the ending of the two towers <laughs> in The Return of the King. How could they do that? Fucking morons, dude. People have no reading comprehension. Nobody show this guy the... Uh... The season finale of Stranger Things season three, three, yeah. where nobody's shown that where Hopper dies, because he'll be because that dude's that dude will be right back next episode. That guy's not even be gone for a single episode of that show if I had to bet. So I mean, oh no, Grogu was gone for like five episodes. So I mean, you, yeah. come on. To be fair, so is Din, but well, Grogu or Din was in an episode. Oh no, Grogu, you know you're so. right. That's true. I don't know. I'm excited for Mandalorian season three, which is just the direct follow up oh. to the show. Yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm very excited. It's probably my most, probably most spit Star Wars thing for the year. Is that show? If it even comes out this year, maybe we'll get to that in a minute. But oh, I hope so. There's, there's absolutely so much coming out. We were talking about off pod. We'll get to it in a second here. There's so much. So actually, you know what? With me saying that sentence, I just real quick. I want, let, I want to say, okay. what do you think? What do you think? Cobb Vanth is going to return in. Are we thinking it's Mandalorian season three? Are we thinking it's a potential second season to this show? What are we feeling? Are they going to actually, are they going to revive Rangers of the New Republic from the dead and put Cobb Vanth in it? That'd be sick, actually. Actually, Bill Burr and Cobb Vanth. Bill Burr, Cobb Vanth, maybe even just get Boba Fett. Who cares? Who cares? Get get Dave Filoni in there in a full-time role. (laughs) (laughs) He's just, he just dresses regular Dave Filoni. Just massively out of his depth. Yeah. First scene, he's in his X-Wing outfit. And then the rest of the time, he's just wearing his like Star Wars t-shirt. And his cowboy hat. And cowboy hat. They're like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. Well, this is and how I dress when I'm off duty, guys. And he's in his Ahsoka. Like, <laughs> he's got an Ahsoka Lives t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love Ahsoka Tano. What does that say? That's not Arabesh. What, is, what the fuck is that writing on your chest there? Is that right? Trapper Wolf? He's like, guys, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about the, it. I just, if we see her, it's going to be a good time. The only way I let them put me in this is if I didn't have to do wardrobe. So just, here I am. And if I could put Ahsoka in every episode. Here she is. <laughs> Here she is. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I think it's either or. I mean, I do think Cobb Vanth was ultimately introduced in the Mandalorian, right? Again, this is just a season of the Mandalorian. So <laughs> I think he probably will continue in the Mandalorian. I think he might just be one of the, one of like Din's, Din's like, you know, supporting cast. Yeah, he's one of his friends. His, all the friends he makes yeah. along the way. Maybe, maybe he'll be like, Cobb Vanth, what if you help me rule Mandalore? Fuck Mos Pelgo, Freetown nonsense. What if we free planet it? Would that be something I could interest you in? <laughs> Would you like to move to Mandalore? The Mandalorian really is just the friends we've made along the way, though, isn't it? It's just him yeah. and Grogu traveling the galaxy making friends. Yeah, I mean, like, OG88, you can be my friend. Weird side man, you can be my friend. I don't, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> you can, I, I just don't. Um, Cobb Vance, yeah, I don't you can be my friend. Boba Fett, Fennec Shand, you guys are, are we're tight now. People flirt the idea of like, what if Cobb Vanth will be like, maybe I'll just be in charge around here, Boba Fett, and then that frees up Boba Fett to come join in the fight. Maybe the alternate could be true. Even Boba Fett will be like, I'll, I'll keep an eye on Mos Pelgo as well if you want to go uh, 
fight in the Mandalorian Civil War. <laughs> yeah, it was something you'd be interested in. <laughs> um, I could see it both ways. Or they could just be like, eh, yeah, we left Black Chrysanthemum. He's watching things. We're all here. It's us. He's just, he just, it's just roaring. It's like, we don't understand you, Vikers, Anton. None of us speak Wookiee. You, like, you smashed the protocol droid three days ago. <laughs> no one understands you. Vikers, <laughs> why are you like this? Um, ultimately, Jack, the real question is, what do we think they're going to make the Lego sets out of? Legos. No, but like, but what are, I've done what are they going to assemble those Legos into? It's Lego as well. Oh, it's Lego, Jack. I should say. I'd be remiss to. to I'm not. Say. I, again, I'll. I've said it once at a thousand times. I. I just don't care. Mm. I yada. I just don't. I'm gonna call it Legos the day I fucking die. You lack conviction, Jack. You don't stand for a Lego. goddamn thing. Yeah, good. I'm always sitting. I'm restful. Your legs are sore, tired, feet <laughs> aching. Me, relaxed, inclined, restful. <laughs> you know what? You've gotten me there. When you're right, yeah. you're right, Jack. I mean, and when am I ever wrong? I think there's going to be a Rancor, probably. Probably a big Rancor set, right? That'd be fun. Yeah, I think so. Um, maybe, definitely Naboo Starfighter. Yeah, oh yeah, they gotta do that. Is it going to get a probably name? Back- we gotta give a goddamn name to that thing. It needs a cooler name uh, than just, like, Din's crusty Naboo dude. Starfighter. <laughs> Gross-ass, 80-year-old They gotta paint it, Jack. Maybe I'm alone on this hill, but I think it would be better if it actually got color. I feel like people are like, oh, it's cool, it's just chrome. But it doesn't need to be just chrome, right? Yeah, because he's also chrome, so yeah. way too much chrome. Come on, give some color. I'm not saying you're going to paint it yellow again, although I wouldn't be opposed to that. I like when it's yellow. It's good when it's, it's good yellow. when it's yellow. But, like, make it, like, I don't know, orange or something. Make it green! What if they did green because Grogu? That would work as just good. as well for me if it was, like, green detail instead of yellow. I think that would look much better than whatever junk he's got going on now. Just an unf- It just It looks unfinished. Yeah, you know, you wouldn't if if you're, uh, you know, if Chevy shipped you your new, <laughs> your new, what do, what do they have? Your your, your new Blazer, yeah. Or if if you got a nice crisp 2001 Chevy Tahoe right off the yeah. line back in the day, and then it was just unfinished bare metal, you'd be like, hold on. <laughs> well, there's already rumors, Jack, that there's going to be a Cad Bane ship as one of the Lego Ooh. sets this summer. So for like bad, it probably be for the bad batch, the bad batch one. Yeah, that's the that's the idea, and then and then we we could finally get Omega as a minifigure because we haven't got her yet. So oh, that'd be cool. And and Toto three sixty probably will be in there too. Right. I don't think anything else that would come up. Maybe a black, probably a black Chrysanthemum in the mods will get minifigures. Yeah, I'm hoping that if we get like the Rancor hypothetically, that we would get like black Chrysanthemum and like Cad Bane and stuff and yeah. some of the psychic. Now, here's the thing. Do you think? And we're gonna do a little video game stuff. Do you think that they're gonna? Because they, right, we know that Lego Star Wars game has like some DLC already that you could just buy. I think they'll add more mm-hmm. later with Book of Boba Fett. I said it's like 50-50. Yeah, because it's not a lot of characters you have to add. But then on the flip side, why would you add them? There's not that many. Why would you actually? Like- yeah, I bet. I think actually, not you say that. I, I think you're probably right because like I think Fennec and Boba Fett should already be in there from the Mando season two. Yeah, yeah. So I would actually say probably, probably not. Yeah, because it's which is just because Black they're Cannon and the mods, but there yeah, but there haven't been any Lego sets yet off this show to have minifigures of mm-hmm. to put in the game. Essentially, not that that's like a because you know sometimes they put in figures in these games that don't exist in real life yet. But I would say probably not because of that reason alone. Also, this game was supposed to come out like two years ago before <laughs> the show, so I can't imagine they it's like a high on their list of of things to make. Right, right. All right, well, no, we're good on that, so... Yeah. We can act out of that into... More Star Wars! 
more Woo! Star Wars. So yeah, well, you said you want to talk about all the stuff coming out. All the oh, I just meant like in a general. Well, sense. yeah, that's true. But also, there's a lot of Star Wars in particular as well. I, that's true. That's true. Well, I was just gonna. I just want to talk about the uh, Kenobi has been officially right re- release date re- revealed and uh, and all that. So it's May twenty fifth. Oh, yeah. which is kind of surprising to us because we were hoping we were we were ha- holding out hope that maybe there'd be a sneaky series that would release prior to May fourth. Because obviously May fourth has been in discussion for the whole time. Because you know everyone knows something comes out on May fourth, so they're like, oh, it's probably gonna be May fourth. And we were hoping that it actually be a little before May fourth because. Obviously, May 4th is a while away yet. Um, And it turns out they actually were like, actually, what if we gave you a show after May the 4th? Wouldn't that be something something you'd be interested in? And people are like, actually, this is better. Because May 25th is actually the 45th anniversary of A New Hope releasing in theaters. Because I guess it came out on May 5th. May 25th, uh, 77. Oh, shit, did it? Yeah. That's cool. To to which I say, honestly, I don't don't really care. be honest with you it's not really a thing that worries me too too much like may the fourth is fun and all but being like actually no this is a better choice this is even better because it's and it's like mm, i'm not gonna lie i think the thing that is gonna stand out more to, i mean it's not gonna matter once it's out and, and done obviously but from where i'm sitting the thing that matters more is it like coming out not like At hey all. guys it's 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 done but we're gonna wait an extra three weeks because no reason three weeks three months. ultimately like that's kind of silly i don't not gonna lie, that didn't really fill me with that much. Like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Also, here's the thing, Jack. If they put it out on May the fourth, one of the episodes would have come out on May twenty fifth, anyways. Oh yeah, just because of been... uh, calendars and things, you know. Because you know, time. Because time's a thing. Because of time. Observe. Right. Because of the standardized passage of time, so it wouldn't have even been in it. Like, we still could have got it, but I'm not. I mean, come on. May tw- like I said, May the 4th, one thing, but you are you going to try to get me on board with like this May 25th now? This is the new one? Like, no, nah, I, can- I can only take so much yet. A man can only take so much. My my new th- my new theory is that the Book of Boba, or not the Book of Boba, the Bad Batch Season 2 will actually premiere on May 4th now. Um, and it will just run concurrently alongside Obi-Wan and probably Andor, honestly. Probably on Fridays. like On here. Fridays, yeah. And... Because of, it seems like their attitudes towards the animation, they're just like, yeah, it's not really, it's, they don't seem to want to com- treat it as like a full sort of series. I don't know. Like, it seems like the attitude they've kind of had about, really, honestly, both of them is that like, eh, like as in like uh, the Bad Batch and like What If as well a little bit felt like this, where it doesn't, I feel like it just doesn't have the prestige maybe as the no, live action ones, which is whatever. I mean, I enjoy them just fine. I, I love, I love the Bad Batch. I had a great time with it, so. I don't care. I was not as enthusiastic about the Bad Batch. I liked half the episodes. <laughs> but if this it, means that we get two episodes of Star Wars in any given week, uh, you know what? I guess that's a win-win for me, isn't it? So I will say, if this means that we aren't getting the Bad Batch until after Kenobi's done, well, that's even more disappointing than they decided to push it back <laughs> past May the 4th yeah. for arbitrary reasons. Because we're really loading up the back half. We really are, right? I mean... That's literally almost to the halfway point, more or less, of the year, May 25th already. And mm. within this year, we still have, again, the Bad Batch technically doesn't have a release date or anything yet. And if it's like last season, that'll be 16 episodes, which is quite a lot. Um, we got mm. Obi-Wan, we have Andor, we have The Mandalorian Season 3. So there's a lot to fill out this year, especially because Andor it reportedly has 12 episodes. So like that's that's a good bit that's longer than any of the other live-action shows so far. So Oh, yeah. Well, do you think these episodes are going to be half an hour or an hour if there are 12 of them? Andor's? 
I would assume it's still going to be full length. I mean, honestly, the Book of Boba Fett episodes, none of those were, other than the last one, were an hour, right? They, they kind of ran the, the yeah. gambit. And I guess that's kind of the nice thing about streaming is that it doesn't really matter, right? All the shows have kind of been like this. Yeah, you can make an episode as long as sure as you want it. So I would say mostly in line with the Mandalorian and the Boba Fett so far, which has been anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour, basically. So mm, I would yeah. I would say a, a bit of a spectrum of, of lengths. Then again, there's also been a rumor going around that's not, it's it's all very up in the air right now, but there's a rumor that they were actually going to split the, the 12 episodes into two six-episode seasons, quote-unquote. Uh, but now it seems that there's been rumors that Andor has already been renewed for a second season of an additional 12 episodes, in which case that would obviously mean it. But it could be either way. We're not 100% certain. So it could either be 12 and 12, or it could be 6 and 6. It's not really... It's not really mm-hmm. clear as of this exact moment, so we'll have to see. You know, when we get a little closer to that, but indeed we will. Well, let's let's take a tech out of Star Wars into a, a good old classic segment: trailer trash, trailer cash. Indeed, where we determine if the most recent trailers are are cash or trash or, or trash. Now, here's the thing: we did not do this. We did the second part for Moon Knight, which I didn't realize until after we recorded it that we forgot to say whether it was trash or cash. I mean, we didn't even say if it was trash or cash? No, we didn't. Oh, good God. What an oversight. Uh, yeah, we kind of fucked the dog on that one. That's like the whole point of this um, dumb segment we do. Yeah, this stupid fucking thing we do. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. We're really fumbling the bag. Should we do it now? Sure, fuck it. Okay. Moon Knight trailer? Um, it was trailer. It was trailer cash because he was beating up that vampire uh, werewolf monster thing, whatever it was. That was pretty good. Yeah, um, that was pretty good. Is trailer trash? Really stupid accent, really really dumb voice that he was doing. Yeah, and that's kind of and and his and his suit's kind of a symbiote. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. I don't like the weird uh, toilet paper suit. So for that reason, it's kind of trailer trash. I ain't gonna lie. So all right, and we did it real quick. Woo! Perfect. Woo! We got it. So moving on to the actual one, we're doing Jurassic World Domination, the Dominion. third of the Jurassic- Dominion. Jack. Sec, I gotta say the third time. You're literate. I don't care. I um, know you can whatever. Jurassic World. Donuts. <laughs> Donuts and fun. Dinosaurs. Oh boy, dinosaurs. Oh boy, still more dinosaurs. Three. And Halo. The Halo show. So let's do Jurassic World first, I think. Okay. I like so, this. Jack, let's, well, let's let's do a little preface for this, Jack. How about? Because um, okay. we've never talked about Jurassic on the show before. <laughs> Jurassic. Um, the Jurassic please. films. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, I'm, not, I'm not very passionate about Jurassic park or world or whatever like you know like we are about star wars or, or marvel or whatever but i like it just fine i think they're swell i, I you know what? i just think they're neat you know I just I, it's <laughs> like we think about um harry potter yeah i just think it's neat i enjoy it uh, yeah that's actually great jurassic world is kind of similar level to harry potter for me um and i i like jurassic world and i don't even i don't hate jurassic world fallen kingdom all that much i wasn't a huge fan. i like i well to be fair i saw fallen kingdom in the drive-in me I too. I've ever seen it. Really? I also only saw Fallen Kingdom of the Drive, <laughs> which is pretty indicative of the quality of that film. I think, which is it's fine, but something I can watch in my car, far away from the speaker behind me. I remember thinking it was it was pretty dumb when I saw it, um, but oh, yeah. that's it's been like four years now, and so I've softened on it. I can't remember why, so I'm just gonna say pretty good. I remember it being dumb, and I don't remember anything else about the movie. I've been like, I think it was dumb. Oh, I really hated the ending. That was dumb. Hated the ending. I feel like the ending was the best part. I disagree. They should have killed those dinosaurs. Well, then, Jack, we'll get into that in then we wouldn't have this movie, would we? 
good maybe maybe i've i've seen the first movie obviously because everybody has mm-hmm. i haven't seen any of the the two uh the two or three and i read the book they act like the book that he wrote mm-hmm. like whoever the guy is have you read the book i have never read the book it's a pretty good book uh, honestly it gets more into like the you know because it's a book there's lots of words it gets into more like the science and the nitty-gritty of it right yeah and it's and it changes how people uh, and john newman dies like more people die in it yeah yeah it's not like a classic book right let me i don't think it is it might yeah. no, it might be it's from 1990 no it's like oh, it's not a classic it's barely older than the uh movie the movie it's just like a it's a contemporary science fiction novel but mm-hmm. yeah i like jurassic park you, you haven't seen the uh what is it is it the lost world is the second one yeah i've not seen lost world or whatever the third one is but i have seen the first jurassic world and that was good i like that that's a that's a fun movie but this movie let's just i'm gonna get to my my big gripe with this well so i think it's neat jack i think it's fun the dinosaurs are out there they're in the world well why don't they just kill them like why are they not just killing these things there aren't that many don't you remember that the point of jurassic world 2 is that they were all gonna die and they were like we shouldn't kill them because they're like life and that's you know it's not cool No, I disagree with that point. I, I don't I don't think the answer is letting them into the wild. Because <laughs> well, that's they not... didn't want to let them into the wild, but not if they're there. You can't just go slaughtering yes, them. You, yes, you can. They're an invasive species. They're the definition of invasive species. They've invaded through time, even before. Through time. Those creatures, A, probably can't exist. Like, physiologically, probably won't be able to survive. Uh, two, they'll just destroy the ecosystem. And three, they'll probably die anyway. So there's a lot of things here. But I don't. I mean, it's a. Dumb, I mean, it's a science fiction movie. I'm not going to be this fucking nerd about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be a little bit of this nerd about it. This trailer starts, and that's one of my biggest gripes from a zoology perspective, a paleontology perspective, is that they're all in the snow. There's a bunch of them in the snow, namely a Velociraptor, a Brachiosaurus, and a trumpet head fucking one. I don't. I can never pronounce their name, but it's one of the famous ones. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, none of those should be able to survive in the snow. Because while, you know, dinosaurs are birds and lizards and all that shit, and birds are warm-blooded or endothermic, the reptiles, the reptiles, the dinosaurs have nothing to insulate them from the cold. So they would just die of frostbite. They have no hair or feathers to insulate their heat. They're just scaly skin because they're not accurate to what our current findings. So it's just like, why aren't they just dead? That one's covered in snow. That one would just be dead. If you were covered in snow, you would just die because you just freeze to death. Why isn't that one just drop dead? Why is it walking around? Uh, there's not enough oxygen for that brachiosaurus, Zach. I- I'm going a little off the rails here, but like, there's a lot of... Well, now, some of this is... Now, some of this has explanations now. Is they say that, like, they, you know, they've been modified to be able to live. Right, I guess that's true. They live in a the park. They've also been modified to look the way they do, right? Like, they say that in the first Jurassic Park movie. It's like, yes, they should have feathers, but people don't expect fe- dinosaurs to have feathers. So when we made our fake dinosaurs... We just didn't, we give didn't them feathers. get feathers. Right. So, That's like, true. You're right. They also so. shouldn't live in the snow. But isn't the snow that wouldn't... isn't that a neat looking visual though? Dinosaurs in the snow. You hadn't, no, you it, hadn't thought of that before, it, had you? No, no. Because I looked at it and it made me angry. I went, "That's not right. They should all just be dead." I didn't. They think should. Of they're, it. When they're running, they should pull a wind river and just die. <laughs> they should. Like, their lungs should freeze over. Ex- explode. Yeah. Yeah. No, you might be onto something with that. But also, I think that. I just think it's neat. Yeah, the little baby Velociraptor, that would just be dead. That thing's too small to live. That wouldn't live in the snow. Nah, that's alright. Doesn't make me happy. Nah, that's pretty good though. 
That's that's the last Velociraptor. Good. But what if you were at a drive-in and the dinosaur popped through, like a real dinosaur popped through the screen? That'd be pretty fun, huh? <laughs> You'd be like, oh my gosh, uh, holy shit, it's a dinosaur. And then, it, and then it ate my, what, it ate somebody? I'd be like, oh that's my. That's a T-Rex. I, well, I don't know. You're like, you, you can be that little boy from the trailer who's like, oh my gosh, it's a T-Rex, but I'm scared, but it's kind of neat. I'd probably run. I'd, I'd be one of those screaming running people for sure if a dinosaur rolled up to oh, my yeah. driver. Although I might, I might just try to use my car to escape because I, you know, I'm already in it. I don't. Well, what am I going to yeah. outrun the dinosaur? I've got the car. Mm-mm. Maybe if you try to hit the dinosaur with your car, you'd kill it and be a hero. What about uh? I don't know. I think it's neat, Jay. I think it's good letting them get out there, huh? No, I don't. See, they say as much in this movie that it's well, not good that they're out no, there. No, some of them say that. So you're on the you're on the Jeff. They're Goldblum. right. You're on the Jeff Goldblum team, are you? Jeff Bogum is right. You're on the like, uh, the Ian Malcolm side of things that they yes. should have let all those dinosaurs perish in the the, the volcano. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, but they're alive now. You know, it's kind of like they made them. They kind of have the they. It's kind of their responsibility now to 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 like keep them safe. No, no. Mm. Well, that's also no. you know what. Good point. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I Jack. No, because those things are from a time long ago, and they are, cannot fit in the ecosystem. Really, they can't fit in any ecosystem because once again, they're just like genetically engineered. They're not real animals. Yeah, they're not real animals. They don't obey anything. Yeah, but like, like that big one in the ocean that has destroyed the ocean. That one is hard to kill because uh, you got to find it. But it's just it. one of them. That one's probably not it, as big of a deal, right? I mean, what if I start, once it starts killing whales, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it can surely can get a couple whales before. No, I get a. I mean, how many whales do we think it could kill? All of them. Oh, literally? Probably. No, probably, probably that, not. That thing's got sharp teeth and is fast. It is pretty and quick. It's, it's it's pretty big. So it And it can, I guess, survive Arctic temperatures because it's out in that... Like, it's... Yeah. We talked about orcas killing blue whales. That thing's killing blue whales. Big time. Mm-hmm. Like, non-discriminately. They think now, it's a reptile. Like, that thing's not even like you, a... It's not like a fish. Right, exactly. It's, it's like a, a literal uh, wa- marine reptile, it says. Yeah. Huh. It's... Also, that pterosaur that attacks them shouldn't have feathers because that's not how pterosaurs work. Wow, Jack, you you big pterosaur expert? Well, no, but I because pterosaurs evolve with, like two million years or not a hundred million years before birds evolve to fly. So they they fly like bats fly with like skin, right? Because they I knew don't that. have feathers, right? So this pterosaur should not have feathers because it wouldn't need feathers because it has its little thing. Is it a pterosaur? Is it a pterodon? Well, a, uh, it's not a pterodon. John, I don't think. It, well, pterosaur is the general name for all of them. Oh, is it? Like, yeah, pterosaur means just like like it's like dinosaur pterosaur. Oh, like like your like pterodactyls are dinosaurs and your pterodactyls. Ter- yeah, yeah. Is that a fact? Like, yeah, I'm not lying to you about it. No, <laughs> I didn't just, know that. Okay, so yeah, yeah, pterosaurs were flying reptiles of the extinct order of pterosauria. Sorry, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. So I think I do believe it's a pterodon, though, if I recall from the first Jurassic World movie. It's big, so probably because the pterodons are real big. Pterodactyls are they're small. They're tinier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then again, I think those are in the the movie anyway, so maybe they're both around. So what is the which one is the feathery one? Uh, that's such like an A, I think. It's like A something or other. So what it, do, that one? What do we? That think one is like a that? famous one. Do we? Think I think someone else is making dinosaurs. Do you think they're making them right? I think they're making them like right on purpose to like actually become predators in the wild. Because that's not one of the ones they've ever made. No, right? no. Do you think there's a chance that that's the explanation is going to be that that's somehow like crossbred with with Earth animals? Yeah, that's like, like some we kind cross- of weird hybrid. No, but like I mean, mm-hmm. in the wild, like oh, I'm not. I'm I'm not sure what it could even realistically be, but I don't know. Pterodactyls are or uh, not pterodactyls. Velociraptors are kind of like emus. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're all yeah, they're, they're also much smaller. Right. In real life, you mean? Or, yeah, yeah. In real life. Yeah. But I, you're be- probably right. It's probably some some bad guy He's making them making them. What do you think that uh, Chris Pratt's knife is going to do against it? Because I reckon not much. Not oh, hardly anything, uh, actually. I'd I'd reckon he's great in these movies, though. What a guy! I like him. Yeah, he's a guy. He's just getting after it. He's like you know, what's his name? But he's like he's like cool as well. He's all like, I know about dinosaurs, but I'm a Navy SEAL. <laughs> oh, he's like Ian. Knight Alan Grant. Him. Alan Grant was Alan you Grant. know. He's like I know about I dinosaurs, know about dinosaurs, but I got and I hate kids. I got guns and I hate children. Got, even though in the books I don't hate kids. Got guns and knives and things. I'll shoot a dinosaur. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> I've got yeah. motorcycles. It's it's weird they make him hate kids in that movie because in the book he loves kids because they like dinosaurs as much as he does. Yeah. It's like they like dinosaurs too because because every kid likes dinosaurs. Like you'd be hard pressed to find a kid who doesn't like a dinosaur. My little nephew, come on, absolutely loves dinosaurs. I, of course he would. I mean, those are their names. A little like if you're a boy between the ages of five and ten, you absolutely love dinosaurs. I honestly don't think I had a dinosaur phase. I'm not even gonna lie to you, but really, I really don't think I did. Wait. So you're like Ted Bundy, I think. I think yeah, I think I'm a literal psychopath. I do believe <laughs> that's yeah, I, yeah. I think that's one of the criteria that the psychologists look for. They say, now, did you have your dinosaur? <laughs> they they present if you're a boy, they present to you a, a diagram, a bunch of dinosaurs, and if you can't name them all, then you must be. If you can't even name like the Mount Rushmore, like, yeah, you know, the Mount Rushmore, Ceratops, Ster- Stegosaurus, T-Rex, Velociraptor, like if you can't get the the main guys, because girls just don't get it. They don't get dinosaurs. Moms, moms don't get the dinosaurs. You say mom. Oh, okay. I, I was trying to say to my mom because she's like, oh, I need to get dinosaurs for him for his birthday. What is he like? What's this one? I'm like, mother, it's a triceratops. It's got three, mother. <laughs> it's try. Try. Good grief. What do you Good mean you don't know a stegosaurus? <laughs> well, no, mother, that one's ankylosaurus. What are you saying? You don't know the T-Rex? What's going on? You don't know the spinosaur? Oh, the spinosaur, mother, the villain of Jurassic Park 3. So what do, you, what do you think about the returning characters? We got Ellie Sattler. We got um, Alan Grant, played by the delightful... Uh, who are those actors? <laughs> Hold on. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and whoever Alan Grant is. I don't know his name. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, right? It's Sam yeah. Neill. Sam Neill? Okay. All right, cool. And then obviously, Jeff Goldblum was in the last one, but he's he's going to be more in this one. And B.D. Wong is also reprising his role in this isn't one, too. He, isn't he in a lot of them? Isn't that guy B. like... B.D. Wong? That one? Yeah, isn't he in like... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's been, well, he was in the last two as well, but I do believe... That's what I'm saying. He's been in all of these so far. Yeah, I don't know. Has he been in... Was he in, like... I don't know if he was in, like, Jurassic Park 2 or 3 or whatever, but... I know he's, he's obviously in the first one and the original, and then I know he's in all of 1 and 2 of the Kingdom ones. Uh, world. Yeah, I think he's just in Jurassic Park, the first one, but then, yeah, okay. he's in Jurassic World 1 and 2. He's kind of, mm-hmm. like... He's kind of, like, bad. He's, like... He's kind of the yeah. villain <laughs> of these more recent yeah, he's ones. Because he's like, I'll he's just do what I want. I'll, I'll make dinosaurs. I'll make dinosaurs, fuckers. With the dino DNA. They didn't want real dinosaurs. They wanted monsters, and I gave it to them. I gave them a, a terrible uh, Idonis Rex, or whatever it's called. Indominus Rex. Oh, that could transform with cuttlefish DNA and frog. And I don't care. Yeah. I'll play God all I want. <laughs> that was a cool scene when Chris Pratt's like, it's still here, fellas. It, it didn't escape. It trick. Yeah, it tricked us. Yeah. No, that's good. I don't know. I, I think it's fun, but it it just I just really thinking about like how we've made those jokes like uh, M- the MCUification has really kind of changed everything and maybe mm-hmm. ruined it a little bit. I kind of got that man. They're really just doing the remember these guys in this old movie franchise are reviving. I really got like sequel Star Wars kind of vibes. Yeah, I mean, no, I definitely got the sequel Star Wars, the Star Wars sequels vibes. 
And I was like, I don't know. Like these are good on them and all, but like, see, I don't know if this is MCUification. Frankly, this is the type of shit that Highwood's been doing for time and memoriam. If now, if they were like, we've got the we've got the Jurassic World spinoff universe and Jurassic World TV, and and this is the this this one's gonna have uh, crossover characters from the the you know Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous show on Netflix and all that. That would be one thing. But I think just right, bringing yeah. back old characters, while maybe a bit overdone at this point, is not MCUification as much as it's just the thing that Hollywood's always done. Yeah, but I feel like people are going to be like, the MCU's done this. Like, nah, fella. If the MCU didn't exist, they'd still be doing the this. The MCU doesn't do as much of, like, the here's this old character because it's not old, right? Old enough. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, I can't wait till when, like, we're, like, 50 and the MCU's kind of done. I'm like, guys, we're going to redo it's holographic it all. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> We've brought him back from the dead. <laughs> no, it's holographic Michael Douglas, because he'll definitely be dead oh, by no. that point. We've, yeah, we've entirely recreated like we did with Luke, but that was 20 years ago, so it doesn't look good. This yeah. is Michael Douglas, so lifelike. Who's, his own mother couldn't tell him apart. His own grandchildren are like, Grandpa? Is that... They're, they're weeping, because they can't tell it apart. Their monkey brains can't handle the, the uncanny valley. So, Jack, I had a thought here. That um, I'm, oh, I'm no. looking at it again. I don't know if it's a pterodon, actually, Jack. I'm going through it right now. But regardless of whatever beast it is, do you think that a dinosaur like that should be able to, like, actually, like, rip through and pierce a, an aeroplane? Oh, not at all. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I get that they're kind of big, but, like, are they that, like, like their claws aren't made of steel. Yeah, they, like, they're still animals, after all. Yeah, an elephant, I mean, like, a jaguar can't rip steel apart. No, it can't, can it? Like, if I launch on top of my car, it can't rip the hood off my car with its teeth. Now, I do think a Triceratops could flip a car real easy. Well, I, well, not here. I don't... No, I can't... Yeah, not a pterodon. I was thinking, like, well, you know, there are videos of, like, alligators ripping bumpers off cars, but those are more closer to T-Rexes. So, a T-Rex could probably rip that apart. Triceratops. Those things are huge, and, like... Oh, yeah, they could heavy, definitely right? They're like a rhino. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a rhino could put in work on your car if it wanted, right? Oh, absolutely. So, stab right through. It's like a big rhino. Ankylosaurus could do work on your car. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Those things are like tanks. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can harm those. Except for like a bomb, maybe. Yeah. Right. Honestly, maybe even then. Maybe that. <laughs> maybe they were on something that last movie when they were like, "These are the perfect weapons." Who needs a tank when you have an Ankylosaurus? Does that Ankylosaurus have a gun built in? Oh no. <laughs> no. Oh, it doesn't. Oh. Does it have anti-aircraft uh, <laughs> artillery inside? Oh no. What happens when the bombs? Fall? That again. That's been like the recurring thing for these these movies. You have, like, um, Vincent D'Onofrio in Jurassic World 1, where he's like, who needs a goddamn drone when you have a velociraptor? <laughs> what? Are you mad? <laughs> Are you insane? You want a, just an animal? He's like, he's like when, the, when the EMPs go off and all the electronics go down, what's gonna, your, your drone's gonna be dead in the water, but the, <laughs> the velociraptor. The velociraptor. How are you gonna communicate with it if the EMP goes <laughs> off, man? Uh, you better hope those clicks really come through. In the gunfire of war. Click, 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 click. click. <laughs> oh no, too many clicks. Oh, it's turned on me. It's the reset click. If I click so many times through, it resets all the programming we did. Why did we do that? Oh, no. Why did we build that into this thing? Oh. oh no. They have that one in the last movie where like, it's, oh, I can't even think of what it's called. It's, but it's the, it's the genetically engineered one they make that's like a mix between like an Indominus Rex and a Velociraptor, right? It's that smaller one. It's like black. Let's see if I can... Isn't the villain from the second one? Or that's the what I'm main... saying. The Jurassic World 2 yeah. movie. 
and they have this gun that's got a laser attached, and they're like, you know, you point the laser, and then the dinosaur attacks whatever the laser's pointing at. Jack, here's this thing. If you've got a gun with a laser attached, and you're pointing that gun at a person, just shoot them with that gun in your hands, probably, before <laughs> you... <laughs> yeah, before the animal recognizes and eats it. It's way quicker. Just shoot it. Just shoot it. I mean, wouldn't that wouldn't that get you done much better? I think so. It really get what you need to. What get do I know? Done. I mean, I'm no I'm no military expert, but it seems to me like if you've got a gun pointed at a man, you should probably just shoot the person with the gun. It's called an Indoraptor. That's what they call it. That's dead though. They get it. Right. Of course, they don't get all the other ones like they should though. But you know, whatever. What do you think <sighs> about the returning Jurassic World characters? Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt and uh, some other goobers. Good on him, right? Good on him. I like Chris Pratt. I I remember Bryce Dallas Howard having a weird character thing in the second movie. She was like all for the dinosaurs, and she was like, yeah. she'd probably kill them all, maybe. And then she's like, actually, no. It's like, well, pick one. Pick one arc and do that arc. Don't do both arcs. They, they're bringing back the clone girl. What do you think of that? Is that who that is? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Again, I haven't seen this movie that came out in a drive-in, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember they I had don't. a clone. They cloned a person. Right. They're like, you right, can't they clone people. And it's like, I did it. And it, and it talks to the dinosaurs. We've gone too far. Right. Uh, maybe. Does she talk to the dinosaurs? Is that how that works? She's, yeah, doesn't she? Isn't that does why she, she knows they're hurting? She does. That's you can talk to them. That's horrible. That's you can't put dinosaur that, in a human. No, that's no good. They did it, though. That little girl's got a dinosaur in her. Because, yeah, she can talk to him a little bit. That's why she lets them free. She's like, they want to go free. Chris Pratt's like, we've been like, no, we're gonna kill these monsters. These are horrible monsters that shouldn't exist. So if God was real, He would kill them. <laughs> what do we think of the shot at the end where they're all just it's standing there? I literally just all of them. <laughs> there's too many. That's too many fucking characters. It's, it's like it's six it's months. Owen and it's Claire and it's Ellie Sadler and it's Ian Malcolm and uh, Alan, Alan Grant. Grant and Jeff Goldblum's all like, I told you guys not to be making fucking dinosaurs. And he was right. He's right every time. He's he right every time. Head. Jeff Goldblum yeah. was right the whole time along. Yeah. When he testified to the Senate to not have more dinosaurs, he was right. <laughs> he was absolutely right. And he's like, fellas, he leave them there. They had a we good can't... run. Frankly, this is an act of God that all these dinosaurs are going to be killed by this volcano. The last thing we would ever want to do is, is, to is retrieve them and let them loose on the mainland <laughs> continents here. So I reckon yeah. we should leave absolutely, more. under no circumstances, do that. Oh, oh no. Too oh, oh, they've no. done it already. Well, Jurassic World 3. Here we come. <laughs> I, gotta, I have to call my friend Alan Grant. All right, well, let's... So what do we think is trailer trash about this? Trailer cash about this. Let's do the good thing. Trailer cash, Chris Pratt, Rich Silas Howard are back. They're pretty good. I like them. He's on the motorcycle. That's good. Messing That's up good. Dinosaurs. I like that. I think that uh, the feathery dinosaur is kind of trailer cash. That's kind of... It's, it's accurate. And, and, yeah, it's like accurate. That's cool. Neat and accurate. I like that. And trailer trash. Trailer trash for me. It's like they're not using the Jurassic World, uh, the Jurassic Park theme song. Like what? They just got some generic ass shit going behind it. It's like it's Jurassic Park. Come on. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We're gonna get to not using music in the second here. <laughs> the oh, yeah. next trailer. I would say trailer trash. Uh, the thing I ranted about for like five minutes. Yeah, the dinosaurs, the dinosaurs in the snow. Should die, they should die in the snow. There are dinosaurs never lived in snow. There was no snow. You know what happened when the snow came? Yeah. They all died. Now, Jack, you say that, but how about this YouTube comment where this guy says, for everyone wondering about the dinosaurs running in snow, they were apparently warm-blooded like birds, or at least something between reptiles and birds. Uh, quotes, mesotherms. I was surprised when I looked into it, but it makes sense. They need a lot of energy to get so big and move so fast. Probably a lot of oxygen as well, but still, it is not a documentary movie. What do you say to that? 
I say he's wrong on fundamental levels. There's a couple things he's wrong about. One, there's no in-between between reptiles and birds. Birds are reptiles. So they were, they're within the group Waptilia. They're not like connected. They're inside. It's like if you said they're like mammals and humans. They're, no, you, there's no like in-between between like mammals and humans. No, humans are mammals. They're all in the group. If this guy hears it, I'm going to give him what for. Two, you need insulation to be a warm-blooded. So they just have scales, like I said before. If they had feathers, whatever, because then they have down feathers to keep themselves warm. That makes sense. But they don't. They just have scaly lizards again. Not how that works. Yeah, those are my two big points. Actually, I'm going to change my trailer cache to the part where um, Jeff Goldblum says, not only do we lack dominion over nature, because um, he says dominion. He says it in the... I mean, he says the thing, doesn't he? He says the line? He says Jurassic World 3 domination? Dominion? He just says dominion, but... I was like, ah, enough, he said I- the title. That's a subtitle at the very least, isn't it? That's a subtitle of the movie. I love when you, you just put it. a title in the in a thing. It's pretty fun. Nothing better. Nothing better, I think. So there you go. There you go. All right. Into the next trailer trash trailer cash. Halo. Which is the Halo the series official trailer, which is a couple weeks old at this point, but we didn't get to it, so we'll get into right. it now. Jack, what do we think? Think this one? Probably less good than the last one, even, uh, honestly. I would say. I've got some hold ups, Jack. Um What are your hold ups? Well, breaking down for me. Primarily, doesn't look very good, like uh, production-wise. I would argue. I think Chief looks pretty good. I think the Spartans look okay. Um, they obviously aren't like eight feet tall, so that's. But I don't know what you do about that, right? Not much you can do. I guess that's that's you know you got to use normal human actors. You can't actually build Spartans to act in the suits. So, um, and they seem to do a co- there's a, in a, in a couple of the shots they seem to do a pretty good job of showing that the normal people are smaller, if only from like using short actors for the Marines or, like, perspective, whatever the case may be, so. Um, but, like, I think the Elites looked pretty horrible, um, both on design and, like, movement, um, if, I'm being, if I'm being 100 with you. Um, there's, like, a Chevy Tahoe. I don't know what that's about. You, are you not fucking with the Chevy Tahoe? I don't... Frankly, I, I feel like if the year was 2556 or whatever, the only, the only place for a Chevy Tahoe would be, like, a museum. <laughs> a 2001 Chevy Tahoe. Because, like, yeah. from their perspective, that's, like, shit, that's, like, the beginning of cars, basically. Yeah, that's 500 to years To them, ago. that may as well be, like, a Model T. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God, look at the Chevy Tahoe. They probably wouldn't even recognize the Model <gasps> T as a car. Oh my but it's, like, a proto-car. It didn't even have the built-in toilets. It didn't even have the built-in seat toilets. What if you needed to, oh my God. What if you needed to poop while you were driving? Oh, my God. There's goodness. no guns in this. There's no built-in turrets? There's no What's built-in going on turrets? Here? It doesn't hover? It's not. This doesn't have a neural uplink to play your music. It just has speakers. What is? Oh my goodness! Where can I connect my brain chip Where into? Can I connect my brain chip in? It doesn't even drive itself. You say? Oh, good grief! Well, what's the point? I gotta do it myself. These these barbarians. Our 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 ancestors lived in the mud, <laughs> mud in the dirt and the in the grass. Have died when they were thirty. <laughs> That'd be fun. It'd be funny if they still believe that too. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, I, I, it's not all bad. I think some of the stuff's good. I think, like, the, the ship, the vehicle design stuff seem to be pretty good. The guns are pretty good when they want to use them, but then they also have a shot where a guy just has an AK-47 from, like, you know, the 60s, so that's, that's very cool. <sighs> He's got an antique, man. Yeah, but why would he be using that? Again, that should be in the museum. That'd be like if the U.S. Army was, like, rolling up to, like, bust down my door and I pulled out, like, a Mongolian longbow. I was like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here, fellas. Come get me. Come have get at me. These, this will sh- this will surely stand up to your technology. I just it doesn't really work, does it? If I, I I've got my old yeah, matchlock, well. my matchlock pistol. 
I'm like, hold on, hold on. Allow me to light the match, please. Let me tear my powder out. Make this sporting, shall we? <laughs> you wouldn't want to be ungentlemanly about this, chap. No, 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 please, hold on. Hold on, wait, wait, don't shoot me. And then you get, and then ex- I, I, you get blown up. I'm absolutely peppered with gunfire. That's how that would Lit go. the fuck up. Oh, absolutely. You said you didn't care for seeing the Spartans, like their faces. Yeah. They're just walking around yeah, unmasked, except for Chief. Why does that one have dyed hair? That, that didn't seem like a Spartan thing to have. That's honestly probably a good point. Um, because they're like soldiers. Yeah, they're like my, they're like barely humans. They're kind of machines. Who fully believe that they're weapons? Yeah, they're they're like yeah. It's unfortunate, but it, that's kind of the reality is that they've been made into like unfeeling weapons that you just like point. So you're probably right that that kind of like spark of individualism probably really wouldn't be there, but probably squash it out real. Probably quick. squash it out and almost immediately. It's like said that you can't even tell if they're male or female anymore, especially when yeah. they're in the armor. What do you think of Cortana? Don't like it. Yeah, what looks, the heck? It looks bad. Yeah, um, looks I'm not saying you had to make her look blue. Well, actually, I am saying you had to make her look blue. <laughs> That's all you had to do. I'm not saying you had to make her look all like half naked like she does in the games. Um, I understand not wanting to do that. You know, it's, we're we're in more civilized times nowadays. Whatever. It's the year of our Lord, 2022. Indeed. So do it. Do do it up. Right. Make her, give her clothes. That's fine. But like yeah. all, a lot of the AI and Halo have clothes and stuff, but they're still translucent and blue because that makes them look like computer programs. I feel like she also has like an uncanny Kenny Valley thing going on a little bit with her face. Oh yeah. You know you know what that means, Zach? It means in the Halo universe for a while humans were hunted by AIs and they got that evolutionary built in to be afraid of, to be that. afraid of what AIs look like. Yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna say cap to that. What I just said? You think that's not true? Yeah. Oh. I <laughs> I think that would be the type of thing that a person would say with an unfounded knowledge of science maybe actually i think you're right so everyone on twitter <laughs> i do think part of her the what's going on with her face there is to make her look like the actor for um dr halsey right which makes sense but she still also looks kind of like i said like uncanny valley ish ish mm. so and again she should just be blue right yeah definitely also, Doctor, strictly speaking, Doctor Halsey should be older, but you know that's maybe that's just me being nitpicky. I, you know, they have clearly stated that this is like it's a whole, it's its own universe. Which, uh, again, I don't know how I feel about. It. Like, it kind of makes you wonder why they're even bothering. Yeah, what's even the point um, then? Because they clearly want to retell their own version of this now. Because and uh, and we talked about this. I think they're going to be getting to the actual Halo stuff pretty quickly. Which you wouldn't, I wouldn't have necessarily expected out of a show like this because I would think, like, if you want to do a Halo show, you could do like the 20 years of war prior to the games, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's 20 years of it to, to play around in. Uh, but no, they're just, looks like they're also heading towards the end, right? Because again, Cortana's in it, and literally in this trailer, they're like, all right, we got to find the, find the Halo in the war, right? Um, that's not, that's not what Halo's about, right? Uh, they don't find Halo to, win the war with they don't find halo intentionally at all they come they stumble upon it right humanity's on its last legs like potentially months away from total destruction right they you know the covenant discover the location of reach and then they discover the location of earth it's literally it's very dire and then they find the halo incidentally and then the halo results in the release of the flood right and also the like destabilization of the covenant religion which is ultimately what allows the humans to win. They don't, right? And maybe that's what they mean, but 
I kind of if I'm kind of worried that they're like, all right, we're just gonna find the halo and then use it. And maybe the maybe the plot will be like they they think they're gonna use it and then they realize that it's a horrible weapon that can't be used. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, I don't know. To me, it takes a little bit of the fun away that they're just like they're actively searching for Halo. That doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem. I don't buy Jack. That's no. not accurate to the lore. The lore. You must understand, Jack. That isn't supported <laughs> by the lore. It's not supported by the in-game logs. Not at all. Look at that like that woman that Master Chief saves. She's like a Spartan wouldn't save somebody. That's what the Spartans What's up do. I don't know what that's about either. Because like the whole point of the Spartans is in the in the books and everything is that they're like almost as as useful as like a morale boost to humanity as they are as actual soldiers right mm-hmm. like they are these symbols of like the peak of humanity so it's like the thing we've talked about before right spartans are superhumans because they're like genetically modified and they're like genetically predetermined to be like absolute specimens of humans and everything and all this and, and all the training or they get that like elevates them to a level above us and in that way they represent the the best of humanity right mm-hmm and like I said, they're almost as useful as symbols and like morale boost to the humans because again, they're fighting a like a, a twenty year total war that they're ultimately losing. And so part of the utility of the Spartans is is as like a symbol. So say that she'd be like, Oh, Spartans are meanies doesn't really vibe, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a bit bit strange that they would have that in there, but there's a lot of things kinda of compounding on itself at this point. There's like the whole Spartans are never listed as killed. They're they can only be listed as missing in action. Mm. Like that's like an official uh, office of naval intelligence like directive is that you never never mark the Spartans as killed so that like you, we can say that no Spartan ever died kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Always. we just never found them again. Yeah, for all we know they're still out there. That one that was turned to vapor before your very eyes could still be out there. He's just missing. He's just missing guys. Oh, also Don't worry about it. We haven't even mentioned it yet. But it seems like one of the primary antagonists for this show is a human? Yeah. Very weird. Don't get that very much at all. I don't like it even a little. No, me neither. I think it's really weird. She's also kind of a covenant, maybe? She got those tentacles and such? I can't tell what's going on. I don't think those are her. I think those are hunter worms. Okay, yeah. You know the hunters? They're like the big purple covenant aliens. They're like the big ones. Oh, okay, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Um, They're not actually an alien they're like a collection of they're like a colony of worms that's like shoved into a suit of armor oh just a bunch of guys wearing a skin suit yeah it's a it's a bunch of it's a bunch of worms wearing an armor suit so i think that's what those are i don't think those are hers i i don't know if she's supposed to be an alien or if she literally is just a human which would be bad and dumb if she was literally just a person who was like i'm switching sides i'm gonna be the aliens who hate me and look nothing like me like I said, I, uh, we talked about this last time we, we brought up the Halo stuff, but I don't like that the Spartans are different Spartans than, like, the pre-established ones that we have. They just, like, switched... They kept the archetypes, but switched the names is essentially what it comes down to, which seems needless, right? Yeah, it seems a bit backwards. Like, you literally had these characters, and you're like, all right, we're gonna bring them over? Just give them different names. <laughs> I think that seems kind of silly, but, I mean, maybe that's just a nitpick. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's about the extent of it. Anything else to say, Jack? Not particularly. Ultimately, I'm not looking too much forward to this, which maybe is not the attitude to go into it with, but... No. I've, so what so what do you think was Trailer Cash about it? I think Trailer Cash was the Arbiter. I was excited to see him. I mean, again, I know that they're they're changing it, so maybe this isn't the case, but in the in the canon sort of lore, um, that should be a different Arbiter because the Arbiter that we know, right, doesn't become the Arbiter until Halo 2. Mm-hmm. So that should be a different arbiter who then dies, but um, 
it could it could be it could be Jewel Matami or whatever the hell his name is. The one before him in the canon was Artas Vatami. Oh no, it's not Jewel Madama, sorry, that's a different So Thelvadam is the Arbiter that we know, right? And then mm-hmm. the Arbiter in Halo Wars is Ripamarami. So it could be that guy, is all I was getting at. Um, that could be Ripamorami, not Thelvadam. So or it could just be they you know, Lord be damned, right? Yeah. Who's really Lord paying attention? Except for us. Except for me, yeah. Mostly him. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, Trailer Cash, the appearance of the Arbiter, Trailer Trash, Cortana should just be blue, right? I think so. I think Trailer Cash for me, the Chevy Tahoe, Trailer Trash, mm. you can see the Spartans' faces. Mm, Jack, I don't know about that. Which one? Both of them? Frankly, I yes. They're not people, Zach. They're weapons. I really think that the tr- the Chevy Tahoe belongs more firmly in the other column, but maybe in that's the trash? in the trash. Yeah, put the, tr- yes. put the Chevy Someone's Tahoe sh- in the trash. I won't. It's lived this long. It deserves something for surviving so long. Hmm. That's a ri- that's original 2001 parts. Those parts are 500 years old. <laughs> that's that's incredible. Well, it, when you put it like that, I'm just I'm more impressed than anything. Yeah. See, you really hate to see a girl boss win, but by girl boss, I mean a Chevy Tahoe. <laughs> Too bad that the gasoline in there is also 500 years old, and it's just turned to like literal solid mass, and that car will never oh, yeah. start again. Probably not, but hey, it's for the decoration. It's for the aesthetic. It's a rustic aesthetic. It's like if you built your house into like a feudal village. I wonder, do the Halo vehicles still run off of fossil fuels? They can't. Like that. Like, does a warthog run off of? Well, the question is, did they get did they get fossil fuels from other planets? I don't know. I think they. I don't know. I, I assume they'd probably get a different kind of power system. You would hope. I mean, most of it's all nuclear, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the like the ships, like the full size ships and things. Let me just click real quick. Design details. It's hydrogen injected internal combustion engine. So it runs off of hydrogen. That's neat. Does that make sense? That's fun. Uh, yeah, because like sure. you do um. Does that mean it's also nuclear essentially? How does that work? Because isn't hydrogen what we use for fission? Yeah, because you can do nuclear fission like what the sun does to create energy. Because mm-hmm. hydrogen atoms smash together and become helium. I don't know, but there you go. It runs off of hydrogen, so there's plenty of that, that around. Sense. Yeah, it's it's just chock full of it. All right, let's get out of the halo then. Agatech. Let's get into Agatech and Euphoria episode, um, episode five. five. Take fight like a hummingbird or something. Jack, you're never prepared. My goodness, Jack, do you even care about this show? Don't be fucking calm about this. <laughs> God, I hear him say it one more time. It's called I'm stand gonna... still like the hummingbird. So I was close. You weren't very so close. Like, so I said flap like the butter, the hummingbird, right? I think you said fly I, like the hummingbird. Okay, so I got the like the hummingbird. So stand still like a hummingbird's a book. Oh, is it? That's fun. Because it's uh, by Henry Miller. Maybe also it could be like a book. For all I know, it's a book based on a different quote. Like Maybe that's already a quote of it. I don't know. But there it is. Jack, I had a fun fact I wanted to share with the class prior to us Ooh, getting right it, into the discussion. All right. It better be fun. I'll, I'll be the judge of how fun it is. So Sam Levinson, right. who we've talked about um, because he's the writer of the show. He's the showrunner. Uh, I guess, is he the showrunner? Whatever he is. He's the writer. He's the creator. All that. His name's in the credits like eight times. You know how it is. I, ter- I, I learned this week, Jack, that he, he is unfortunately the next uh, victim, Jack. Of our crusade against Hollywood nepotism, ooh, he is to be on the he used to be on the chopping block, Jack. When we tear down the Hollywood bourgeoisie, his head will roll. Break up those guillotines. Uh, very good. But so it turns out his dad, his name is Barry Lee Levinson, is a director, producer, screenwriter, 
in Hollywood. It says his best works are mid-budget comedy, drama, and drama films, such as... You ready for this, Jack? You might be surprised by some of these. I'm not going to name all. Okay. I'll name the ones I think you'll know. These are his dad. This is his dad, Yeah, this right? is his dad. Okay. His dad directed The Natural. His dad directed Young Sherlock Holmes. Okay. His dad directed Rain Man and Good Morning Vietnam. Huh. I've heard of Rain Man and Good Morning Vietnam. I've never seen any of these films. You never heard of The Natural? No, never. It's about um, it's about Robert Redford, and he's a baseball player. Don't know it. Well, you got the gist of it now, don't you? Rain Man, though. That's I've also never seen Rain Man, but from what I understand, it's a it's a good it's movie. A film. He won the Academy Award for Best Director. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's got an Academy Award. His dad's literally got an Oscar. And also, his dad produced and directed a couple episodes of the show Dope Sick, which just came out this year, which I've been meaning to get around to, and maybe I'm a little more inclined to now, which is about the opioid epidemic. Is that the one with Michael Keaton? Yes, it is. It's got, it's, uh, good, it's like this, like, no, ensemble. That won an Emmy, right? Has it already? I don't know. I'm sure the I, Emmys or, can't be. Have the Emmys happened yet? Oh, I thought maybe it was nominated. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. At the... Michael Keaton won the best actor in a miniseries at the Golden Globes, and it is up for no, it's not up for any Emmys. It was nominated for best miniseries at the Golden Globes or best supporting actress at the Golden Globes for Caitlin Denver. Dever, sorry, but yeah, it's like a it's like a ensemble cast about like these different characters all in and around the opioid epidemic and like the pharmaceutical industry and like how OxyContin came to be and like the doc. I think Michael Keaton's a as a doctor who I think is maybe opposed to it. Cause he's like, Oh shit, I was prescribing this and it's no good. I really haven't seen it though. So I won't say, but then it's like, I think it's people who become addicted to it. It's like the pharmaceutical executives and stuff. Rosario Dawson is also in it. So there you go. Um, Will Bolter is in it. The guy who's going to be, uh, Adam Warlock. So yeah, I, I thought it was, I just thought that was neat. When I think I, if I had to guess, um, the reason that he produced and directed some of this, uh, series, is because he would be personally invested in that because his son was an addict. Right? Oh yeah. So that's I just thought that was neat. Yeah. But also, cool. like I said, we got to get him because. Yeah, it's a real shame we got to get him. But Hollywood nepotism is—it's gone too far, frankly. It's him, and then Phil, Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman's boy. Philip well. Seymour Hoffman's boy, Uma Thurman's daughter, um, all of them—they'll all be gone. Um, it's a shame. That but guy in the must be that guy in the boys. Oh, Dennis, yeah, him. Dennis Quaid's son. Quaid. We have Dennis to get Quaid's them boy, but they'll all fall, Jack. It's, yeah, it's well, gone on long enough, enough, frankly. It's nepotism all the way down, and I've had enough. <laughs> frankly, I've had enough. I've had I've had more than enough, Jack. I've had more than my fair share. I've had more than my fill, frankly. I keep seeing these, and I think, oh, that's a good actor. I'm sure they got their position based on their own merits and their good ability. No! No! Foiled again. As he's Sam Blumenson. I say, wow, he must got this show because he's a good writer, and he's and he's and he's got some good ideas that he's conveyed, and it's it's a personal sort of him. But oh no! Ah! Oh God! It was just nepotism all along. Oh, it was just—it was nepotism in a big hat. I couldn't tell from the hat. It was just nepotism in a different hat. Isn't that always what it is? It's always—it's always just a different hat trying to get you. So anyway, let's get out of different hats before we go literally insane again and talk about euphoria, where people also go insane. So, so this episode, in a word, in in a phrase, full on, pretty full on, pretty full on. It's uh, just one big Rue episode, which is cool. Once again, they're switching up the uh, sort of standard kind of uh episodic structure here um really oh, the yeah. on- only like two of the episodes i feel like this whole season so far have had like the quote-unquote standard like euphoria narrator opener yeah the euphoria kind of like like as in like from season one at least of uh 
yeah, like the narration and like because you know in in season one they all were taking place across like multiple days and stuff. There was there was less of these episodes that take place entirely within one sort of day, and a lot of them this this season have been that. Um, and this once again had didn't have the opener at all, right? And it did not have any of uh, the root narration either, like the first episode, I guess. So, but yeah, quite quite full on. It opens right on a big old argument between Rue and her mom, and uh. G gets gets got dragged in there too, and it's it's pretty intense, man. Oh yeah, I I was just, a whole time I was just waiting for the, like, all right, when's the cold open gonna end? When's this real cold open gonna end? We're getting the getting the episode for real, and then I was like, huh, it's been a uh, half an hour, <laughs> and we're still doing Rue. I don't think we're getting a cold open. It's, I think it's, it's just the whole it's episode. The whole episode. It's uncomfortable to watch that like fight. Uh, it's it's hard. Like it's it's hard to watch. Like I, don't, it, it felt like a, it felt very real. It, uh, and like I guess I don't know if that's a credit to the writing or to the acting or probably I I would say more likely combination of both, right? But like it's it's very it feels very real. Like the way that they're kind of just yelling at each other, yelling at each other. But then like both. then one will be more yelling and one will be more. And and obviously Rue is so all over the place because she's going through withdrawal. She's going through withdrawal, and she's she's also got her other things going on regardless, right? And uh, she's been caught in this, and it's all this like. Uh, motion she she flips on a dime from like oh i'm so sorry i'm sorry to like i hate you fuck you like it, yeah. she just flips back and forth and then like sometimes the mom will be like you know what i'm not scared of you and then like then then the mom's crying too and it's like it's just so hard and like intense i, I gotta i always gotta imagine that's kind of somewhat realistic to how yeah. this type of situation might be i just felt really bad for fucking gia man yeah like she's going through it that she's definitely like traumatized by all this yeah it's like it's like uh at least said in season one right like she's probably gonna be messed up forever because of this yeah because like just having your dad die and then her sister overdose and then she just go insane on her like just tell her she wants to kill herself and yeah then just that's doing all these drugs so fucked because it's like what do you even say to that right yeah the whole like you know oh well if i didn't do drugs i'd just kill myself because then it's you know it's obviously a very manipulative thing to say because you're almost like, oh, maybe I should just let her do drugs then because otherwise yeah. she'll kill herself. Like when you present it as that binary of like, well, either I do drugs for a while and die eventually or I'll just kill myself tomorrow. It's like, well, I guess that's not much of a choice. It's all on you. I'm putting it on you because I can't make my own decisions. Exactly. It's Yeah, it's obviously not actually like a, a, a well-reasoned argument, but mm-hmm. um, in the moment you would be like, oh, gosh, I don't even know what to do. I mean, she's just going crazy, right? She's going on a rampage. Um, Smash. She's just when she kicks down her door, now literally just kicks it in. Now, obviously, she's she's no good this this episode. Don't get me wrong, but mm. I will say I do feel like somebody goofed up by flushing ten thousand dollars worth of drugs down the toilet. If, in fact, that's true, what happened? I guess there's a chance that it's going to be revealed at a later point that that's not quite what happened. But is that not crazy? Yeah, that's that. No so one was like, "Wait a minute, something a little de-. like." And I mean, maybe in the moment they're like, "It's not as important as making sure my daughter's safe." And I do get that. Like, if that's the if they're like, you know, clearly something's else going on here, but we'll figure it out later. Right now, what's more important is her, you know, being safe and, and healthy and getting her help. I do get that, and that does make a, you know sense. But at the same time, I would be like, surely you see that, and you'd be like, she, she, this is not like a recreational amount of drugs, right? No, this is like a this is like an intent to sell. Clearly, far beyond that, yeah. yeah. Like if the police came and be like, "You're selling," clearly, there's plus the um, the different kinds too. Like right. it's not just like oh opiates. It's like everything in like it's just like a fucking dime a dozen of what's in that bag. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then Jules yeah. is there, and so like her mom and Jules get the the worst of it, right? Ooh. The worst of her rampage here. I would well see. I don't think her obviously her mom is just trying to be her mom. I don't think she really deserves all that. But I don't know some of the things Rue is saying. Jules, I was kind of right though. I think I was going to say that. I mean, so yeah, she's not in the wrong for saying all this stuff. Like when she's like, "You just like being, you just love being loved, and you left me at your lowest." Like if you were my friend, if you actually loved me, you would not have done like. If you like, if you like care about someone at all, you don't just abandon them when they're like, "Dude, I'm freaking out." Mm-hmm. People don't do that. People they like, I wouldn't do it to somebody who I was like acquainted with. Someone's like, "Dude, I'm freaking out. I need help." I'd be like, "Well, I guess I gotta help you, man. I'm not gonna leave you here high and dry. That's kind of fucked." Right. I will say though, I th- and I, th- I think you're kind of right, and I think that's part of what makes it so. I, that's kind of like <laughs> Rue's superpower in a way. It's just saying the absolute worst things. <laughs> it's I think it's because you know. Jules, sorry, Rue is, like, smart, right? She's a smart mm-hmm. person and character and all. And so then you combine that with, like, the absolute, you know, um, uh, almost unhinged. lack of humanity that you yeah. get when she's going through one of these moments. She can just, like, think of just the worst shit you've ever heard to say to a person, <laughs> it seems like, oh, yeah. right? Like, and, and I think you're right. What makes it so so horrible is also that a lot of it is kind of has, like, an element of truth to it, right? But, like, I don't think it's fair I mean, you're definitely right that there's a little bit of truth to it, and that's why it, I think it hurts as much as it does. But I also don't think it's fair to just be like, well, you don't love me at all because you left me. Like, I don't I don't think it's that, that simple of a binary, right? Right, yeah. Um, and I don't think Jules deserve that. And her, Jules and her mom, they both at different points in this episode are like, well, I know you don't really mean that. You're just saying it because you're, you're going through withdrawal and you're, you're all crazy and everything right now. You don't actually mean that. Um, but you mm. can still, you can see in both of them, they like, that only, that's only worth so much, right? <laughs> Like, knowing, like, well, you don't really mean it, but still, it really fucking hurts. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, she still said it. Yeah, you know? How much she meant or not is almost irrelevant, because I'm still feeling it, and I didn't care for it. Oh, yeah. And then, they get her out of the... And then, well, then Elliot just kind of regrets saying something. He's like, man, it's I... It's a weird moment for him, right? I don't know where, where yeah. he's going. Um, I would assume that whatever he had with Jules has also deteriorated at this point, right? Yeah, it's just over. And so, I don't know, he might just fizzle out, like... <laughs> Honestly, I mean, maybe this sounds dumb, but I don't even know if it would surprise me if he just didn't have a big role going forward. I mean, maybe that's silly, but yeah, no, I agree because he may what... have he may have kind of served his purpose in the story here. Mm-hmm. As, as, I definitely if that agree. makes any sense, I don't know. Um, it could definitely yeah, go no. both ways, but yeah, when he's like, "Well, I don't know," I almost wish we got anything because I was I was kind of fine hanging out with her while she was high. I didn't I didn't really care. It's like you're that's not that's not that's not an okay thing to say. That's not like, I don't actually like, want. I don't want my friend to be sober because I think she's more fun to hang out with when she's drunk, not when she's or when yeah. she's high, not when she's yelling. This is kind of awkward. And I'm, it's all her. My friend was an addict. He's having trouble with her addictions. Mm. I liked it better when she was feeding into those vices it's, in an unhealthy way. It's more fun when she's just high with me. This is this is awkward. Really killing my high here, fellas. But yeah, I mean, and and she also is kind of correct to him too, right? When she mm. was like, "Well, this guy was doing drugs with me." <laughs> I was getting the darkest from him. Like, what are you? What are we trying to? Who, who are we looking at here, man? What's going on? Uh, and then they try to drive her to the hospital. They have an unnable conversation, and then Rue just escapes into the street and mm. runs to Lexi's house. That's up at Lexi's house. Does a very, very, very poor job of uh, convincing Lexi's mom that she's actually all right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, she's doing the like the classic parent thing where they just keep talking to you, and you're like, God, I just oh, you, keep... oh, you look good. Are you doing good? Oh, that's good. That's great. Yeah. And then uh, when she walks out, she's like, that girl's not doing well. <laughs> she is, she she's is not doing well. And then, yeah, calls the mom. And then maybe my favorite moment of the whole episode 
is when she gets Cassie's oh ass. Oh my god. I, I don't know what you check. I, I literally laughed out loud. It's it's honestly the funniest thing I can remember watching on TV in a good long while. Is when Cassie's like, you know what? You don't just have to. Just take it one day at a time. You don't I was have like, to do it forever. Sh- just do it one day at a time. And then she looks so proud of herself. And everyone else is like, yeah, Cassie. Yeah, exactly. That's good. That's great. And then you just see <laughs> you see it like Donna Rue's face. I literally paused the episode for a second. Because I... Was Jenny laughing out loud? I was like, "Oh, this is it. This is the moment." Here we go. She's gonna we, hit him with it. We literally called something like this happening at some point, right? Yeah, we called it when um we thought it was gonna happen in episode I think three when she's wearing that Oklahoma outfit. Yeah, she's like, "Are you are you high?" Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Like, oh, just, just a little weed. <laughs> Sorry, being like, you know, you're not. And then <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, Rue's just like, you know what? No, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna end this bitch right here. Yeah, end her whole career. Now I'm just gonna end her whole career right now. I don't have, I don't honestly don't have care for this. Yeah, because like uh, I was set that off when Cassie was like, "You don't have to do it." All I was like, Cassie, what do you want to say? What are you gonna come out of your mouth? <laughs> what do you stop? Don't say a word. Uh, not, was this so... is not your moment. Kevin. And then Cassie can't can't even lie. Well, she instantly crumbles, oh my God. instantly weeping. She's like, "What?" And Maddie's like, "What?" And she's like, I, "She's she's a drug addict." It's like, Maddie, you're you're literally in tears. <laughs> what is she? Even if Rue was high, the fact that you're not crying, cool. not cool to 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 put that on Rue at the moment. Literally at her intervention, she's like, "Well, this is she's a fucking druggie, isn't she?" Oh, it's like, like, but you know you did it. You're lying. <laughs> like you know you did it. Don't put that on Rue. Yeah, it's not Rue's fault. She found you. Yeah, come on. I mean, no one up to it at least. Yeah, be an adult about this. Yeah, stand on your ten toes and you know face it head on, man. Say with on. your chest. Say with your chest a little. Don't. Put, and then everyone to be like, "Yo, will you guys calm down? We're trying to intervene for this drug addict here. You guys are yeah. just yelling about boyfriends now." And then he's like, "I'm gonna get violent." She's like, "Don't, don't do that in my house to my daughter, <laughs> please and thank you." <laughs> uh, um, I saw in the after the episode kind of thing the actress for. Maddie, Kate, I always forget her name. Cassie, no, the Jules uh, Rue's mom. I always forget her name. Oh, I don't know. Um, but she said like that's like one of the first scenes she's been able to do with like the other actors, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah, because she was just being in the house with Gia. Yeah, mostly just in the house with Gia and Rue. Like they're not, she's not out in the world doing things as much on the show. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, that is kind of fun. She was like in a room with everyone for once. She's like, man, this is what it's like to be in an ensemble. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then she escapes again in the chaos. And then this begins like the, I don't know. I think so. I've I've kind of gone back and forth in this Jack. When I first watched it in the immediate aftermath, I was like, I don't really care for this. Like it's kind of it almost gets goofy here for a while, right? And I think I've come around to it where I feel like maybe that was a necessary break because the beginning and ends of this episode are so intense and so full on mm-hmm. that maybe it was the, the only way this episode even would be palatable is by doing that that break in the middle where it's it is a little bit lighter um i don't know i don't know how you feel jack do you, do you agree i definitely think yeah you probably need that you know middle part to just be like mm-hmm. calm down for a sec and like kind of get all the characters up to speed on what's happening through and see it for themselves because then you hit all then you hit all the characters and nobody doesn't know that should know because mm-hmm. then like lexi knows and her mom knows and we get the nate well, stuff. I mean the stuff more after that when mm-hmm. she's running through this the neighborhoods and shit i do think that was a little this little too much because i think it kind of does the thing we don't like when people get absolutely sloshed on whatever and they sober up like she's like limping and then she outruns all the police on foot yeah people have said like i've seen kind of people argue both ways of that is like yeah she's she should be she's like going through withdrawal and high and everything so like this shouldn't be the time where she's like 
physically capable. But then I've also seen people say like the opposite of that, which is like we've all seen those videos where like people absolutely high out of their minds like manage to like evade the police or like wrestle off three grown cops or something insane, right? So maybe it's kind of that sort of idea is that she's like she's got some like crazy adrenaline strength right now. Right, yeah, she's pushing on to survive. But I don't really know. So she starts by robbing those people, and then it begins a, a foot chase. And she's just going through neighborhoods and just just leaping into backyard after backyard. And to me, after a while, it got to, like, it just was too many. Like, she was just crashing into, like, so many different, like, oh, she's ruining a quinceanera, and then she's ruining this barbecue, and she's ruining this pool party. I was like, we're just doing it. At, like, there's almost too many of them, I guess, is what stood mm-hmm. out to me after a minute. It was yeah. literally verging on, like, slapstick. I'm like, oh, ho, ho, she's jumping through this party, and now she's through this party. And, oh, no, not the cake. But between that and, like, her, she's, like, Liam Neeson leaping all over these fences. She's, like, Jason Bourne and the shit out of this. <laughs> she's, like, she, she's got, like, ninja abilities all of a sudden. It, it's, like, half slapstick, half action movie for a while there. Right, yeah. But like I said, in retrospect, I've kind of come around to it. Because I think, like I said, part of it is maybe you need a little bit of brevity to make this this episode, you know, not, like, sickening. <laughs> and I think the other thing is, and I saw someone point this out, is that this show's, like, the way that that addiction makes you um, carry out these like casual, like thoughtless acts of like cruelty, sort of right. So like we see very firsthand that she's mean to like her friends and she's she's being cruel to her family and and the people closest to her, right? But what that sequence shows us is that because of her addiction and everything she's been driven to do here, right? She's ruining random people's days, right? Yeah, people that don't know her that will probably never know her. People that for all we like, she may not even remember this the next morning, right? Mm-hmm. But even still, she like ruined that girl's quinceanera, right? Yeah, the, she's the, like the... smashed. I mean, maybe not ruined, but like whatever. All the food fell. The cake got smashed. Yeah, she's smashing all the food in the cake. Like that's definitely gonna put a hamper on it. I mean, maybe it's a scenario of like, let's run out, get a new cake, and save the day, kind of thing. But it's definitely gonna stand out, right? She's smashing people's tables and shit. Like she just she's just being a menace to like a bunch of random people's lives that she does not know at all. Yeah, right. And like that is almost as bad, right? It's like, it's one thing to hurt the people close to you, but like, these are just, these just, like I said, like thoughtless, random, terrible acts that she did. Yeah, acts out. of selfishness. Yeah. So I think that's kind of an interesting way to look at it as well. I can definitely see that. And then, and then after those, she goes in a little spree a little bit, she circles back to somebody we know, Fez, and just tries to steal his grandma's pills. And he's like, my man. Not cool. And then uh, I think she tries to like go into that crazy mode. Where she's like, well, if I just scream and thrash, someone, they'll stop. But again, with same with Cal. Uh, Fez is about that life. Like he's not going to take that mm-hmm. from. Uh, plus, uh, Fez is just bigger than Rue is. He can just grab yeah. her and just move her, and he does, and he throws her out. And he's like, "It's the principle, man. You can't, you can't be doing that. Like, get yeah. out <laughs> for real." That's definitely a, another low point. Is that like Fez lets her in and is was willing to help her for a while, even though she's acting crazy. And the first thing she does is try to steal his grandma's medication. medication not cool not yeah. very cash money of her she's like she's not gonna remember like she won't even know it's gone it's like well that's fucked to say because she's literally like comatose yeah and then she gets to she basically goes to her her last resort which is creepo drug dealer lori i've been saying since episode one jack i want to hit her I, I would strike her if i was real in real life jack if you were real <laughs> if i if she was real or alternatively i was in the euphoria universe i would want to just hit her because she's like the worst and creepy and I hate oh, yeah. her. She's very, very creepy. Just doubled down on this one. Probably, actually, tripled down at least. 
So she rolls up. She's like, I'm all, I'm all, I'm going through withdrawal. And Lori's like, yeah, I knew it. I knew you were high the whole time. She's right off the bat, kind of concerning because you're like, so why did you give her the drugs then? Like you, so you actually did know because she's like, I knew you were lying. And it's like, well, then what's, what's going on here? If you, if you knew she was lying, why'd you, uh, why did you give her the drugs then? And then yeah. she relays her whole story with how she was addicted to pills as well, which it led to like her, her life kind of collapsing, which is a definitely a little more sympathetic version of events than she became a drug dealer because teaching didn't pay well enough. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess you can say that about her at least is that she's also a victim of like addiction and stuff. But then we, we, we get that, uh, scratch, scratch, scratching at the door, Jack. Yeah. Uh... And that's. That's pretty unnerving. Uh, Rue is like taking a backpack, right? She's like distracted by the whole time they're talking. And then, what's her face? Lori's all like, okay, let's get you cleaned up or whatever. And she's like, I don't have any pills. But then we see she pulls out her suitcase full of drugs. She says morphine. She does, in fact, have like lots of pills in there. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm going to give you straight morphine. And um, she shoots her up with that, right? And in that scene, I, this is the thing people pointed out. Like, I didn't, I didn't even think of. She like pokes her a few times, right? Yeah. She's being like, "Oh, keep, stay still, real," and she just keeps jabbing her with it. And people think that's so. Like, like anyone sees that, they're gonna be like, they're gonna first thought that she's like a habitual heroin, yeah, heroin, yeah, like, like uh, heroin user because she's got multiple like track marks on there. And then um, she's just making, she's just talking weird the whole time. She's just making some weird comments. She's got like that weird kind where she's like, oh, you know what, though? The good thing about being a woman, Rue, is that you always got something people want. I was like, oh, oh, good God. Yeah. that's. Then there's the comment where she was like, you know what, Rue? When I first saw you, I knew you were going to be in my life for a long time. Like, I don't know what, don't know what that's about. Yeah, that one was like, oh, no, that's that's really like a you got to pay me back forever kind of thing. And then luckily Rue does escape, but it's like, what? She does escape, but she tries to get into that room. Right, and it seems like I, I'm not gonna lie, to you, I didn't pick up all on this the first watching. I definitely got some of this from like other people's interpretations on, on the internet. But it seems like that bird. I thought it was just generally like a a, a noisy bird, but mm. people think it's literally been trained to to make a sound when somebody touches a door besides yeah, messing with that door. Oh, and the, the people's theory is that there's a person in there. Oh Jesus, there's like a woman who's being trafficked. Oh yeah, and most likely the. Uh, Basically, all the rest of that stuff is supporting the idea that she's trying to get Rue, and she's going to try to traffic Rue here, coming up. And that's, mm-hmm. like, what all that was supporting, right? This whole, like, oh, you know what? You can pay me back in other ways, Rue, and talking, getting, trying to get people to think she's, like, a druggie and all this. And people are like, well, because remember, we, we were like, why would she give $10,000 to a weird kid, right? Who rolled really? up to her house in a <laughs> pantsuit. Yeah. <laughs> Especially given that she was obviously, like, not, not all together at that moment. And people are like, well, maybe the thing is that she always intended to leverage that into uh, trafficking her. Into trafficking her, which is like quite sinister. Very fucking evil. It's, it's no good. I'd say not a fan. Not, I would have to agree. Not a fan at all. Very much opposed to that. It almost makes all the other plot lines seem less important. Be like, oh no, Cassie has problems yeah. with her friend and her boyfriend, and Lexi's play, and Rue's going to get trafficked by druggies. By like. By drug, drug dealers. Yeah. Dangerous drug dealers. Yeah, very, Jack, you might be onto something with that. The stakes are definitely high, but we've been saying that for a while, right? I think mm-hmm. I've said that a few times. Is that like some of these plots are lo- much less impactful than the other ones, right? Definitely. And, yeah, definitely have lo- lower stakes. I think I said I've been saying that all season. Like Rue has had this looming, like this looming danger of overdose or whatever 
all season long. And then you have Cassie who's like, I don't want my best friend to find out that me and her boyfriend are together. Oh no, what do I do? And it's like, it's just, it doesn't have the same kind of kick to it, does it? No, not at all. It just, it really doesn't. And then, uh, yeah, so like she tries to get her out and then just gives up and flees herself, which is, uh, it's tough, but what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do, Jack? Not much. Room. That's a terrifying room. Don't. It's, yeah. I hate it. I'm not gonna lie. At first, I in the episode, I thought that she was trying to get in the room because she thought there was drugs in there. It wasn't until like she was actually messing with the keys and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, the scratching is a is an actual sound." Because I thought it was just like a symbolic she thing. Was hearing, yeah, yeah. Some kind of symbolic thing. But no, nah, I think there's I think there's a person in that room They're trying to get out. Which and she luckily she luckily she escapes and runs off. Yeah, and I think people people point out like now that we know that whole thing about. Like Lori's backstory there, and she she has that whole thing where she talks about cell death and how like if you eventually use opiates like that, you your brain stops like being able to make dopamine um, itself, dopamine on its own, and like maybe that's why she's all like weird and monotone and everything because she can't enjoy anything. She, like, yeah, her, her her brain's broken, and I guess because well, she's like, what did, what does she say? Right, she's like, the good things stop being as good, but the bad things stop being as bad, and that's why I can be a human trafficker with no scruples. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I can't I, recognize pain anymore. I, I just don't, don't care anymore. Yeah. So, that's um that's all pretty horrible. Oh, yeah. Pretty horrific. Or is beyond comprehension, you might say. I would say so. Certainly agree. I am wasn't a fan. But then she gets home eventually, I guess. She well, actually does just get home, so. Yeah, so we'll see how that We'll see out. how that plays out. In the next episode, we see it in the preview for the next episode there that uh she's like eating dinner, or breakfast with her family at least, so there's that. Oh, that's good. I don't know. It's it. It'd be so tough. You really do feel for her mom. Yeah, I just, well, I do at least. I don't know. I say so. I mean, she's kind of trying to. What? How do you even handle that? Like, it's yeah. a lot. She's still well, a person. Very unfair for. Her. I mean, again, obviously, this is not Jules' finest moment. She she went on a bit of a burning bridges tour this whole this episode, right? Mm-hmm. What is it? What was the episode last season that was like her lowest? It was like it was like around the midpoint as well. It's the one where she's like, "Fuck you, Fez. Give me more drugs." Fuck and you and everything. And she's like, yeah, she's slamming on his door and stuff. She's slamming on door. It's kind of like that episode. I think this is worse. <laughs> Arguably. Worse, Jack. I don't know about you, but I think committing actual, like, breaking and entering and things. Oh, yeah. Stealing people's jewelry and money. Her, uh, the mom's name is Leslie. Leslie. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's not great, right? Oh, no, not at all. She might just, like, face legal legal consequences sooner or later. She has to. She's doing a lot. Maybe she'll just rat out. Right? Maybe she'll just rat out Lori. Maybe that'd be pretty good. They get do rid a, of Lori. Do a deal. Yeah, be like, I know where a drug dealer is who's trying to traffic people. Go it's, get her. It's tough, man. It's like I don't, I don't know. How you come back from some of these. Like I, I think that that her and Jules will maybe fix it sooner or later. Although you know we've been saying all season, like I think the show really wants you to consider whether or not they should be together at all. But it's going to be tough. I mean, the things she said to Jules were very mean. And also, again, kind of true. Where, like, maybe Jules will be like, maybe you're right, Rue. Like, maybe we should be together because you were kind of you were kind of hitting some truth bombs there for a while. Mm. You know, it was horrible and mean. Horrible and mean. And, like, you're screaming in my face. But then, like, yeah, telling your mom that it's her fault that you're addicted to drugs is not very cool. <laughs> yeah. and Or fair. It's, it's not even close to fair. I mean, you may as well be like, ah, it's your fault our dad died of cancer. Like, well, no, obviously not. Yeah, why would she want that? Like, that's that's basically, that's pertinent to the well, argument, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's basically where you're I'm at I'm addicted here. to drugs because of you, 
but you're addicted to drugs because the dad died of cancer. Like, what is that her fault? So what, what are we? What are we saying here? Come on. Where do we draw the line here, fellas? Where do we draw the line? You can't. It can't. Can't be her fault. It can't be your fault. Her fault that your your brain chemistry has been ruined by drugs. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, and everything can be her fault. Eventually, you gotta stop yeah. testing that book. Maybe she's not perfect, but no one is, right? Maybe she should she yell at you less because you are mentally ill. That's in in on top of being a drug addict. But then also, like you're uh, horribly manipulative, you're very much addicted to drugs, and you <laughs> directly set out to gaslight your sister and your mom, and you do the whole. In the season one, she had those thing those whole things where she'd be like, "Fine, you wanna you wanna drug test me? I mean, you what? Do you not trust me?" And it's like, "Well, yeah, because you're literally addicted to drugs." Oh yeah, yeah. You're, 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 like... you're doing right now. You're using. <laughs> it's tough. I do I do wonder what like Leslie's logic is behind like. Oh yeah, we'll just we'll just uh, take you back to rehab. It's like I don't know if that's gonna work. It, it seems like at some point time. we need to address the uh, the elephant in the room. Yeah, like the the root of it, you know, the cause more than just the you know the like yeah, why like yeah, you kind of gotta say why is she doing drugs, which is a much harder question to answer, but mm, but it's gotta be answered for everything, anything to get better. It's tough, man. And now that those drugs are gone, she's in a tough spot. If they really are, which I I think they probably are, right? Yeah, I, w- I don't see why they'd keep those around. It's in a tough. That's in a tough spot. I think. I think time is a ticking for Fesco here. I think so. I think. I think Fesco's gonna go. I think my, I, I've maybe revised it I, based off what you said just now, Jack. I think, I think he maybe had a good idea. Is maybe maybe he won't. Um, they won't. He won't have to die, but maybe he'll have to. He'll take her down like legally, and he'll go down with her. And maybe that's the sacrifice he'll make for Rue. Although I don't know if he's that kind of guy. I mean, he's sweet and all, but. I don't know if he's uh he's about really the, about that going about to prison. It. Yeah, for Rue. I mean, Rue's like his family or whatever, but is she really like his family? Yeah, she's kind of just got his actual him. family there. He's got his actual brother with him and his grandmother. So like, I don't see him stopping drug dealing really anytime soon, necessarily because of that, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but maybe he'll be. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll, that's he'll take her down somehow, and that's how uh, this will get resolved. Because she needs a she needs some kind of way out at this point. Because she kind of. She's she's really dug herself a hole here. Oh yeah. You got you got anything to add, Jack? Um, not not too much. Uh, it's just just wonder how the next one's gonna start because we did so much root development. Wonder where we're gonna go from here with only what three left. Yeah. Like Dude, yeah. I guess I hope these res- I hope this plot point resolves. I think most of them might. Mm-hmm. Um, Cat <laughs> and Ethan just have to finish breaking up. That's kind of all they've got right now. So yeah, that's all they got left. I don't know what to do about that. Again, feels a little little less impactful next to this, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Rue is in the depths of addiction, and it's like ruining her life and her interpersonal relationships. And then Cat is like, "My boyfriend's too nice." Hmm. I don't feel good. He's too nice to me. I guess I should probably end this. It's like, well, hmm. it would, she's like, "My play's about to put on." Oh boy, <laughs> I'm so excited. People were joking that um, she's she's got plenty more material for her play now. She's oh, gonna yeah. roll up to school on Monday, and be like, "Guys, I've got rewrites." I've got a whole new scene. It's got a be, whole new scene. It's exactly the same dive. Like this happened. I remember this happening. What? Very. We got some very intense stuff here, guys. We got some rewrites. We got some of. fucking gold. You couldn't write this shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Rue revealed it. Revealed it right there. All along. Who knew? Who Crazy, knew? Right. What, a, know, what a twist. All right, it's Ethan. A, you're gonna. Twist. You're gonna play Rue. <laughs> Go. All right. Go. Scene. scene. Here's hair. I, I stole heroin from her. Do this. <laughs> yeah, this will really help you get in character. Um, I think. Um, oh, I just wanted to say 
I watched the, the end of the episode thing, because I usually do, because I find them to be interesting and insightful. And in this one, Sam Levinson said that Euphoria is, to him, and I feel like he, he'd be kind of an authority on it, Jack. He might have some insight into this, <laughs> given that he is the creator and the writer. Right, to him, yeah. Euphoria is about empathy right it's about being empathetic to other people's struggles and like showing the the things that people might go through sometimes and in service of that i was kind of like yeah you know what that's 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 kind of a nice again obviously he knows what's up because he wrote it to be that way but i was like yeah that is a nice kind of summary of it and he talked about how this episode even though rue is pretty horrible for most of it and it's really to that point where you're you almost don't want to root for her anymore yeah the end there you show her like having a bit of humanity again right between like being being scared and trying to help that person or whatever the case may be you she kind of brought it back down right she kind of had her you know in in the clarity of mourning there she was like more herself again it allowed you to a little to be a little more empathetic to her throughout the rest of the episode right right yeah and i was just thinking like in in service of that i was like you know what that is kind of good and like even though we just did it more this episode I was kind of like, that, that is an interesting lens to try to look at this show through, is that even when, like, it's Cassie's plotline, we're like, she's just being a dum-dum. I guess, ultimately, you're, you're supposed to be empathetic to her and be like, well, I understand why she's doing that as well, even right, though it's yeah. less less engaging. And again, the stakes are lower. But to be like, all right, I got you, Cassie. You're not so bad. You're just having a rough go of things. Yeah, you're so not good at lying, of, though. <laughs> awful lying. Same thing with kind of Kat. Just like, well, Ethan's a nice guy, but, you know, it's kind of just unfortunate that it you kind know, of shakes out this way feel the way you feel sometimes mm-hmm. what are you gonna do what are you know much to do yeah. about it yeah it's kind of neat just carry that forward i guess you're supposed to be empathetic to everyone even nate people online really either are an absolute dichotomy of either like loving nate and be like him and cassie should have babies <laughs> just be like he's he's satan incarnate i've literally seen so many people literally say he's like evil incarnate i'm like well he's not he's not evil incarnate he is just mm-hmm. a man he's not hitler or some shit i he's mean the not- show has gone out of its way to show you if not to justify, to at the very least explain some of the reasons for why he is the way he is. Like, come on. Yeah. You'd have to ignore the show to, to be like, he's totally irredeemable, and he was just born satanic. Like, come on. Um. So, yeah. I feel like, I think everyone is supposed to get a little empathy in this show, even though Nate's awful. Although, he's turned down the awfulness a lot this season. Like, we haven't gotten nearly as much of him doing, like, truly horrific things, have we? He hasn't beaten a man in his home. and He hasn't beaten a man in his home. Black he hasn't done Melba. any, like, capital crimes. No, no, not at all. Kind of the extent of it was like being with Maddie when he probably shouldn't have been, and then like being kind of gaslighting her about it. <laughs> yeah, that's most. I feel like that's most of the awful stuff he's done so far. He's not really gotten into the weeds of it yet, has he? No, not quite yet. But he's very soon might. We got three episodes left. Yeah, maybe it'll just he'll just murder somebody real quick <sighs> next episode. Just kill him in full out cold blood. Maybe he'll kill Fez. Maybe. Do we think that? Maddie and Cassie are going to get into a physical altercation. No, not at all. I mean, by physical, if you mean Maddie just beating the shit out of Cassie, maybe. Yeah. But Cassie's not going to put up a fight. No, 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 no. I, I never believe she would, Jack. Oh, yeah, no. If you just mean, if she's going to get a head to the hairdryer, possibly. I guess that, hair, yeah, that's what I meant. Dryer. Do you think she's actually going to physically attack Maddie at some point? Maddie's going to physically attack Cassie at some point. Um, I don't know. Possibly. Or is it going to be more, it's going to be more impactful than just fighting, Jack? She's gonna dismantle her emotionally. Oh, definitely both. Psychologically. I think, I think she's gonna dismantle her physically and emotionally. I think this is gonna be uh, nothing left of Cassie. Maybe even good spiritually. Good one She'll be like, your god is punch. dead. The god you believe in is dead, and I hate you. I've ruined your spirit. <laughs> Broken you. If your god was here, if your god was real, he'd be here right now. 
he would he would he would strike me where I stood. Yeah, I think she's gonna be on the warpath here. She, Maddie loves a good warpath. Maddie's taking no prisoners about the other cliches. He who strikes first strikes best. That's a classic one. That's not really a cliche. It's more just a thing we say to each other. Yeah. No no quarter things like that. You know. Get, bring bring me my brown pants. Does that work? <laughs> bring me my red shirt. That you know all that. All that. Yeah. All right, Jack. I reckon that rounds it out. Probably. What do you think? I think so. Uh, we're gonna bind it right here. Keep just trying to sooner or later. We're gonna reach that three-hour mark. We're getting closer every week <laughs> these days. See, uh, we're gonna be missing these. We're gonna. I feel like there's gonna be a couple barren weeks here where we're like got almost nothing to talk on, and then we'll be yeah. we'll be longing for the glory days when we had like three shows to talk about. I mean, I feel like longing is in the eye of the guy who isn't editing. I think is Jack? how that shakes out. That's a that now that could be. Because the, you always say that, and I'm usually the one who edits. So I think there's a very interesting uh, little trend there, if you look. The amount of times I say, oh, it doesn't matter how long the episode <laughs> is, and the amount of times that I edit. <laughs> but, you know, who could say, a, though? The episode's going to totally get into that. Frankly, who would know? <laughs> I would. I would know. Oh. And one day I'll draw a trend line. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, as always. As always, you can find us on Twitter at AcatechJazz, AcatechJEZ. And architectjazz.gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions. You can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon slash Audible, and tune in Amazon. And there's a, th- a sixth one I apply. I got a sign that I don't know the name of at the top of my head. But it's there if you find us. Uh, and on Google Chrome if you want to. If you look at up, we're there too. Uh, logo is my friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or at Redbubble. And our intro was done by friend of the show artist celery salt as always his album will be coming out in june more details in june and as always we wrote it we produced it with both all the sets say good night to the people zach good night good night and godspeed hi there it's heather from watching netflix without you the podcast there are over 1200 netflix original feature films and documentaries and that number is only growing so i've made it my mission to watch as many as i possibly can And, with a delightful guest or guests in each episode, rate, review, and discuss each film. And that's about it. You can listen to Watching Netflix Without You on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more.